WhatsApp. Let's see what drama you guys are causing. <laughs> Something new every day. Hello, Mario. How are you? Nick, Suleiman, Fidgetal. Hi, Braz again. Oh, it's going. All right, guys, give me a couple of minutes. Let me send out the invites and we can kick things off. So, uh, Slayman, you organized for DeSantis to join us in a bit to uh, announce his uh, candidacy, yeah? No, I would not invite him. Now, I would invite him to announce his candidacy, but he is why essentially... You, bro, why do you talk like this? But he is essentially... Like, he finally gets... Okay, he on. is essentially got some kind of deal with Musk, which we will talk about tomorrow, whether it's appropriate or not. Okay, bro. Slaymon, you think everybody has... I mean, let's just get it out there. Because <laughs> they, they usually do. They usually do. Does, uh, I'm, I'm curious. So does anyone actually... Uh, Suleiman, I, I, I'd be interested to hear what you think and, and Nick... Do you think DeSantis actually has a shot of getting the nomination? You know, I, I, I'm kind of being cautious when it comes to predicting an outcome here because, you know, you look back at, at 2016 and you, you heard, you know, when Donald Trump came down the golden escalator and he was a total joke to everybody, you know, except for us who you know, actually liked him when he came down the golden escalator, but everybody said, there's no way he can ever win the nomination. There's no way it's not going to happen. Stop talking about it. And then all of a sudden he becomes a Republican nominee. Um, uh, so, you know, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't count DeSantis out on anything. I know there are a lot of people that are ruling that out. Uh, and you know, there, there's a part of me that believes that DeSantis is actually going to do a lot better with independent voters. Uh, you know, should he move on yeah. to the general when that's going to be one of the arguments that'll be made. So, it's it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Well, like I said, I mean, we watched that um, that CNN town hall together, and I've got to tell you, I mean, I, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, but you know, some of his answers resonated with me a little bit. I mean, obviously, he doubled down on what we all expect him to double down on. But look, his um, his answer regarding Russia Ukraine was was interesting, right? And a, a lot of members of my family who are dissatisfied Biden supporters. Uh, Look, he gave the right answer. I don't want them to settle. I, or I don't want them to win. I want them to settle. Look, uh, it's a good answer. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. We were talking about it today in, a, in another space. Um, I was actually playing uh, the other side here when I was in uh, Brian Krasenstein, Ed and Brian Krasenstein's space. I was the, the token Republican for a while. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, we were, we were discussing this and it was, it's actually, uh, interesting. I think the dynamics that we're going to see here, uh, shortly and it, it might get ugly. So and they're thinking that they're basically the left is thinking that that DeSantis is going to just nonstop attack Trump on, uh, project warp speed. 
and the, the can vaccine someone, stuff. Guys, uh, guys, can someone tell me how, what was Trump's performance? You know, I, I can't remember. I was watching it, but I can't remember the numbers. Does anyone know the numbers when he first announced his candidacy? How low were they? And how quickly did they, did they, did they rise and catch up to the others? Does anyone remember? Shit, you guys are, are here so, so going to be was, covering the, the, was, the election soon and, and you can't remember shit. Yeah, so it was in the, as far as I remember, in the in the 10s and 20s, it was quite low in numbers. From when he announced his candidacy? Yeah, yeah, when he started. And, 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 the re, and the reason for that is because, remember, there was a wide pool of candidates. There wasn't like an out-and-out out person that they thought was going to win. I think Huckabee was in the lead at that time. But... Um, and, and and I think that benefited him quite a bit because when it, and I think that that may benefit him in this in this primary as well. When the, the larger the pool, the more benefit it is for Trump. The smaller the pool, the less benefit it is to him. I'm just going to try to get the numbers. So everyone, we're going to kick the space off in a couple of minutes. Just waiting for a few more people to join. Just off topic, does anyone have any comments about the um, <clears throat> U-Haul white supremacist attack on the White House? I'm curious oh, for oh, people's yeah, the, the, the brown guy that was the white supremacist? Yeah. That, that guy? Yeah, that's my comment. Uh, so I am not a conspiracy theorist, as you well know, but I've got to tell you, that seems pretty far-fetched to me, right? I mean, just the way that they were handling... You have a potential attack on, I guess it was supposed to be the White House, right? And you have just generic police officers grabbing evidence, laying it on the ground, this Nazi flag. I mean, that's just not normally how... Uh, that was a... the perfect photo opportunity to have that Nazi flag laid out right there in front of the, you know, stretched out nicely, not folded up or anything, you know, ready to be put into evidence. They draped it out on the street right in front of the truck so that the media would get that picture. Anytime somebody took pictures of the U-Haul truck, they saw the Nazi flag in there as well. Well, well, well it's more than that, right? So if you're dealing with a potential attack on, on, on the White House, right, you would have forensic ident teams around it. That van and every single inch of it would be combed over by specialists. You'd want to preserve DNA evidence, that flag, who touched it, blah, blah, blah. And the notion that you would just grab it without, first of all, gloves, not put it into a secured evidence bag, just lay it on the ground where it's going to come in uh, cross, potential cross-contamination with all kinds of, you know, m different materials and so forth. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's just, so, it's so ridiculous. Trump, one of the, one, on, the, on the earliest national polls conducted after Trump's announcement was the CNN ORC in July 2015. According to that poll, Trump had the support of 12% of Republicans. Another early poll conducted by NBC and Wall Street Journal in August 2015 showed Trump with 19% support among Republican voters. So then in September 2015, another one by CBS New York Times, uh, it pushed it up to 27%. What's RFK at now? Has anyone checked RFK's uh, poll results? Again, from the top of my head, I'm sure he's in the low 20s. I think it's in similar numbers and people are dismissing him. So on 19th of April, so a month ago, 14%, um, uh, which he just announced his candidacy, 14% um, of voters backed. What is it now? I'm sure I saw a poll saying 22%, unless I'm mistaken, Mario. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it picked up. 
Um, I'm just trying to compare the numbers and, and what's uh, let me see what DeSantis is at the moment. Let me see DeSantis's approval or the the poll results. Let me just check. I think it's in the in the high twenties. If anyone knows. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I did check it the other day for when we did the space. I'm sure it's twenty. That's in the low twenties as well. Uh, when it's a direct. No, yeah, he dropped the sixteen percent. So the cent is actually dropping. Funny enough. The sixteen percent is when it's against the pool of everybody. So I think that's right. But when it's a direct, just him and uh, Trump, I think it was in the twenties. But yeah, Jed... but you gotta you gotta count the yeah, yeah, the, the pool of everybody. Sure does, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't look that good. So, um, Roman, I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. I'll so... let you kick off what what we're doing this space for. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I, I think it's a major space. It's an important space. It is linked to the alleged claims of there being a rigged election, but this culminated in Arizona in 2022 in the uh, Carrie Lake election. Now, we had a scenario where Carrie Lake um, claimed that the election had been rigged, claimed that there was certain issues with the uh, ballots, and and there was a number of uh, allegations in terms of it, and we're going to talk about that specifically, what they were. And then what happened was she took it to court. She lost the the case. She took it to the Supreme Court, who said, who brought it back to the court, and about one issue which is about specifically about ballot verification yesterday we found out that that case was dismissed by the judge Uh, we saw an announcement by Carrie Lake today saying and telling everybody what her moves are going to be and the moves uh, include both legal avenue as well as to essentially what she said was we're going to find more ballots and I believe that's the case because reading the judgment of the case they said that finding those ballots was a Herculean task. And I guess this is her saying, you know what, I'm going to have to do that because you're not accepting this specific legal argument. So that's essentially where we are. Um, Nick, as the resident Republican, as you called it, what's your thoughts? Is it over for you? Is it over for Carrie Lake? Is this whole election, rigging election thing a fake misnomer there's no there's no credence to it there's no credibility to it what's your thoughts well that was a really ridiculous way to ask that question just to be honest um but anyway no i don't think it's necessarily over for carrie lake i think that maybe the the legal battles that were that we've seen play out uh maybe you know they're gonna definitely uh there's nothing really significant that i know of that i've seen that is coming up for carrie lake in the courts However, she did start uh, today. She announced a a ballot initiative to take advantage of some of the uh, some of the things that they learned through these court cases to hopefully be able to maybe pull something off in the in the next election, you know, the gubernatorial election in Arizona, as well as the presidential election in uh, uh, 2024. Uh, But Sarah. I kind of want your feedback on this because you you're, you swing a little bit more to the left. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the entire situation with uh, Carrie Lake and the case being dismissed? And then, thanks, Nick. I'm wondering, aren't Republicans tired of this? When does she stop? 
how long, how many losses does she have to take before she just takes the L and says, okay, I'm done. I'm going to focus now on a, a, a campaign to get elected into office. When, can I, can I... when does it stop? Just, yeah. just a second, Max. I, I just, at what point does it just become futile where she starts hurting her brand and being branded as like a continuous loser? I would have stopped by now. I understand if she thinks that she was unfair, that this was unjust and that she lost unfairly or that it was rigged. Sure, but she's taken so many losses. Isn't it time to pack up and maybe focus on another on another campaign? This is not a That's my this is not a Carrie Lake discussion. This is literally the mechanism by which our uh, legislative process runs. So I, I don't know why somebody taking their full recourse under the law is looked down upon. I don't really understand that take. Yeah, Max, jump in. Yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, she won her court cases in the same way that she won her election. So jot that down. No, I mean, the reality is, you know, if you're a conservative as I am, um, you want Republicans to win. And nothing that Carrie Lake has done since, I don't know, October has done anything to increase Republican prospects in anything. Um, I'd very much like that um, not to be the case. I, I would like Republicans to win. Um, I don't really see how telling Republicans that their votes don't get counted and it's not worth it to vote um, helps in that way. Um, and it's nice to see her say... Uh, it's nice to see her say, like she had made this announcement today that we need to improve a ballot harvesting operation or ballot or a mail chasing. It's like, oh, so you're saying that, so, and I, and I appreciate that because it's like, oh, so you're saying that like, that's something that you could do to increase your chances of winning. So you're saying you could have done that last year instead of just holding rallies and like hoping that people show up. That's nice. So it's a nice recognition that this would have increased your chances of winning. Um, you know, is, is, are there things that happen that are odd or imperfect in election administration? Yeah. But if you win by enough that it doesn't matter, like Kimberly Yee did, then it won't matter. And, uh, and I think a lot of this stuff is just like self-promotion that doesn't really lead to anything happening. And then furthermore, I think it should be an insult to our intelligence that the Carrie Lake war room continuously misleads people about the state uh, of her cases, which she um, lost over and over again. And it was very obvious that she was going to lose over and over again because she's not doing things that lead to winning. Max, can I ask you a question? Do you think I mean, that... Let me, just, let me just jump in here. I've got to back up Carrie Lake. Too many haters on here. So let's be clear. You don't call it an L. You don't call it an L. What's happening is she's fighting against the establishment. Of course, the establishment has all the powers. And of course, the judicial system has all the powers. And so essentially, she is going to take a lot of L's, but she needs to keep fighting. She's fighting for the people. She's fighting for fair elections. And she, why should she stop? She needs to take it all the way. I don't. Do you guys not think? Do you guys not think that um, it's unfair that you have a scenario where, even when the case went back, I just finished all. I like to bring you in on this one, because uh, uh, and then you can add whatever you want to as well. Do you not think that the fact that the case went back to the exact same judge? That that's a problem, Fiji. No, the, it went to the Arizona Supreme Court, 
uh, and all the, the the rulings were affirmed, except for the misapplication of the the analysis. Essentially, the, the basically the trial court judge, that same judge, dismissed the case because he said that the the claim was alleged as to the date that the law was changed. They were saying that the law, as applied to the facts, would change the the outcome. He kicked it back. They said, you're correct. The wrong should have been kicked for statute of limitations. Uh, and then they analyzed the facts of the case and dismissed the last claim. What you're going to see now is, and this is the Republican point of view, by the way, remember the, the $10,000 bet I made with Doc? That was about this, so I would have won. Um, I, neither here nor there. Uh, I speak to Doc about it. What you're going to see now is that they think they're, she's probably going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. I have another gentleman's bet with Doc that the Supreme Court won't take it up. Uh, I think he believes that they won't either. If they do, the argument is going to be that the that the the statute that the Arizona statute that they relied on for the court's the judge's discretion as to the threshold of uh, of fact necessary to pr to overturn, meaning uh, what they needed to prove in terms of a burden to to do a recount and start over again was too low. I believe that the burden the judge set was from what I've been told was that they had to prove that, that well, that they had to prove that no mistakes were made in terms of the application of the signature, signature verification uh, law. And they are saying they obviously couldn't prove that there was no uh, uh, mistakes made. So they're going to say that if that was too low of a burden. And it should have been something along the lines of, could you prove that enough of the the signatures weren't verified, and therefore the, the the election should have been recounted? That's the summation of the entire argument. But I don't think the Supreme Court will take it up. I have a question for anyone who really knows campaign finance. Like, um, so Carrie Lake raised, I think, around sixteen million dollars for her campaign, and as long as she's fighting this good fight, I'm assuming she can continue to raise money and spend money and burn money. Uh, does what happens to the funds? Like, let's say she accepts defeat tomorrow and says, look, I'm done fighting this legal battle. Um, does that mean she wouldn't be able to spend that, that those expenditures? Or would she, um, what would happen to the money that she raised for her campaign at that point? Well, it depends if it was raised specifically for the fighting of legal or for general campaign use, which included legal costs. So if, if it was specifically for legal costs, to answer your question, then no. If it was general campaign finance, of which was catch as part of the catch-all included legal cost cover for fighting the good fight, then in her mind, then 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 she could just redivert that finance to something else. Oh, Heather, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, appreciate you coming on. I, th I think you'll be able to give us a different insight. Uh, Heather, I don't know if you heard the beginning bit, but Sarah was basically saying. Um, when it comes to Carrie Lake, she's taken L after L after L, and it's time for her to take the L and accept it rather than continue to fight. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, I think there's so many examples in in history that we can turn to where, you know, innocent people go to jail or guilty people walk free. So just because something you know, like a verdict goes one way or another in and of itself does not mean that there was not fraud. So to for people to be like, oh, you just need to accept it. Well, it's like, you know, didn't 
was it OJ Simpson murder his wife, get found not guilty, and then write a book about how he did it? I mean, like there's there's a million examples though, and there's a whole organization called the Innocence Project, which is people that were actually convicted went to jail, and then they get exonerated because they didn't actually commit those crimes. So if if you trust the justice system, good for you. I personally, based on what I've seen as a journalist documenting election fraud in Georgia, I have absolutely no faith in the justice system in a lot of ways now. And I personally don't know how you restore faith in that sense. I mean, there, there's so much money and corruption in politics. And when, when you think about what's at stake with Kerry's race in particular we have a wide open southern border right now where people are literally being trafficked back and forth and she's been a staunch advocate of closing that border that border border patrol agents will even tell you is pretty much run by the cartel right now they're in charge and when we say cartel this is a multi-billion dollar infrastructure it's not just some like you know, drug dealer with a backpack coming across the border. It is it is literally organized crime to where the top the top leaders have millions and billions of countries and they're brokering deals with other countries. And these people have a vested interest in the outcome of certain elections. So if you think there's not bribery and fraud and corruption and blackmail going on, you're very naive into the power that's truly at stake and the war that is being fought right now for control of this nation and for control of the border in Arizona. Let me bring well, it well, in. Ben. Oh, sorry, Sarah, go I ahead. Just, sorry. Can I yeah, respond? yeah, go ahead. Gosh, yeah, back was, up. Thank, thank you, thank you. When she was in this space, however, she would not, she was asked if, if the Supreme Court would not take it on or take it up, if she would then concede. And she that was me who asked concede. her that. I asked her that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Benjamin asked her. Okay. Thanks. But Benjamin asked her that and she would not concede stating, yes, she would accept the Supreme Court's decision if they took it on or if they didn't take it on, she would not say yes or no. So are, is it her position that the Supreme Court is then, I'm um, not to be trusted that they are fraught with fraud. no, no, it, 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 it could be fraught. It could be like, uh, you know, a matter of one word being added to a, a lawsuit. I mean, if you have you been inside a courtroom, do you know how these things work where you can have an entire case that has a bunch of solid stuff? But if you didn't file it and word it in a, in a particular way, it's like a technicality and it gets thrown out. This is some of the obstacles that people have faced. So just because something gets thrown out. Out, it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe you, you know it could just be the the lawyers on that case were terrible i mean there's there's you know some cases get retried and then they get won this is just all part of the lawfare process the political process the court systems but i think if she genuinely in her heart in her heart does not be or believes in what she's fighting for she shouldn't concede and if you genuinely believe the election was free and fair, then own that, right? Nobody should ever had to concede their belief out of political pressure or cancel culture. And so I'm a firm believer, whatever you believe, don't bow down, don't apologize, ask for receipts, ask 
ask for evidence, right? Like I can sit up here and tell you that I know for a fact that there was fraud in the 2020 election. I spent my life in courtrooms and at election. I was at the Georgia World Congress Center. I've been reading through documents like you would not believe whether you believe it or not is not going to change my mind because I know what I saw and I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to say that there wasn't fraud when I've seen it myself. So Carrie Lake raised $2.4 million after the election, Heather. You're, you're trying to suggest that she didn't have money for good lawyers. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Well, no, I didn't. Did, I, when did I say that, Tara? When did I say said, that? You said maybe the lawyering wasn't never, very good. You I'm said maybe the lawyers weren't like, good. It doesn't, it doesn't well, could, mean that the merits of the case are not factual. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing. So... I mean, oh God, on this topic, I might actually agree with Heather a little bit in the sense that I watched some of the earlier footage of the trial. I mean, her lawyer was a disaster. Her lawyer was an absolute disaster. Not only his courtroom conduct, but the way he, in which he spoke, well, judge, it's like, excuse me, judge, we have to get this woman up here. So I think that in this case, maybe she did have a crappy lawyer, but I wanted to ask uh, Heather a couple questions. So was there any pushback? I don't, not necessarily it's even relevant, but was there any pushback uh, on the claim of 270,000 ballots being verified in less than three seconds? And secondly, so she challenged the signatures on the ballots, but why wouldn't she challenge the signature on the envelopes? I mean, I mean, those are great questions. I don't particularly have the answers for those. I've read bits and pieces and I haven't followed her case super super closely I just mainly follow the Carrie like war room stuff but um yeah because in the court filings right the issue was that the signatures on the ballots didn't match and so forth but she never said that the signatures on the envelope didn't match so I never understood that so she's saying that I people mean, forged yeah. the ballots but then the real person whose name they were forging signed the envelope yeah, I haven't followed it that closely enough to give you an uh, a honest answer. But so, for me, the biggest thing, like, yeah, the ballot signature, those those are, you know, one issue. But for me, the biggest one, which I'm surprised, you know, nothing they filed on this made a difference. But the voting machines all going out, right, on election day. Do you mean the tabulators? I, or, well, yeah, the tabulators, whatever, after they were, you know basically like supposedly tested and then people showing up on election day and all of these different machines at once just crap out i mean for me at the very least order like an extra day for people to vote i mean that 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 right there blows my mind how many people were disenfranchised because if yeah you I, thought, I can like, get on board with that she's right about that I, I actually sorry to just jump in i have a good friend of mine in maricopa very republican finished work, went to stand in line, then while the machine is down, go to your next precinct. But the problem is they had a family to tend to, right? Like, they, they, they had things to do. They couldn't stand in line again. So I, I can I can get on board with that, right? I mean, was there potentially some, well, a swath of voters disenfranchised? Yes. But is it, you know, does it rise to the level of being able to prove that it was intentional? I don't know. Uh, um, Heather, I, I have a question. Um, uh, every, uh, as, as you know, um, uh, you know, voters are, are in precincts. And so every every person who the number of people who voted is equal to the number of votes cast. Right. And so if you're, what you're alleging is true, um, I don't know what you believe about the numbers. Carrie Lake has said that she actually won uh, by about 17 percent, 18 percent, about 500,000 votes. Um, 
have you seen any precinct level results that indicate any sort of statistical anomalies uh, where they deviated in an exceptional way? Um, because obviously, a, if there's some there level of fraud, that, you would, it would, you would, yeah, there you was would a woman who testified. Um, there was a woman, I can't remember her name, but she testified before like the local, maybe the election board or something. There was like a, a open testimony public hearing and she testified that they had counted and did the checks where like so many ballots were put in. And then like, there was like a 200 additional ballots that somehow ended up in this circulation. Like, I forget the actual specifics of it, but I do remember, I might've actually saved it. If I can find that video, I'll post it in the nest. You're, you're saying there are precincts where the number of ballots cast is greater than the number of people who voted. Is that what you're saying? Yes, like on this particular machine. So these people were observing or doing whatever they do where you, you know, write down the chain of custody. And there was the issue with what was it like door three or drawer three or something? Or have you followed the case at all? No, I'm just saying that, you know, you can but get a list like of this... everyone who voted, right? And you can get a list of how many votes were cast. So yeah, that but number there, would there match. were documented anomalies, if you will, of, of, more votes than people going into certain booths. More ballots well, than people. I mean, Heather, but, uh, I'm, Heather, I'm talking from about the, the number of people. one second, Max. Once, just from yeah. the just from the specific case, just to clarify. I mean, the judgment says the opposite. She wasn't claiming that there was a discrepancy in terms of the number. I so on the page, on page two, it actually says um, that the that she she did not cast doubt on the specific number of ballots because this was uh, basically a major task to do so. Uh, but it, it, instead, she attempted to prove that the signature review process in Maricopa, Maricopa County was not put, uh, conducted in a, in according to the uh, Arizona l uh, law. So, um, yeah. Doc, do you want to expand on that, if that's right? So, yeah, the, there was uh, two, actually three questions that came back from the Supreme Court ordered down to the trial court. One re resulted in about a five week delay in the start of the second trial. And that was a question of what amount, if any sanctions would be assessed against Lake's attorneys for their appeal being an unmeritorious appeal. So they reviewed that. And basically the, the question there is if another party brought a claim in bad faith that caused you legal fees and costs, you're entitled to sanctions amounting to the amount of that cost. So the court reviewed that issue and uh, said that they, uh, Lake's attorneys owed them $2,000. So that set everything back five weeks. There were two other issues that judge, the trial judge Thompson was supposed to consider. One was the signature verification issue that we're talking about. The second, which was denied and could technically be appealed back to the uh, Arizona Supreme Court although I don't expect that, was the question of 19 and 20 inch ballots where the ballot was designed to be 20 inches and the paper was 19 inches. And so the printer registration marks that the scanners were designed to pick up uh, could not be picked up. So those ballots uh, were not properly scanned and therefore they went to adjudication. And in adjudication, the uh, there's a an allegation or a report that came out about two weeks ago uh, during the dependency of the, the sanctions review issue, where it was alleged that uh, unbeknownst to the public and unreported, Maricopa County officials 
had tested, retested, and then tested again, three successive tests uh, demonstrating, this is the allegation, mind you, um, that the, those machines would not work as designed on the day of the election. And those were the machines that predominantly populated the Republican-heavy precincts in Arizona, resulting in... Doc, do we know, um, do we know, doc, do we know how right. many votes that impacted? No, because one, there was a, an effort um, at a court order to get allow physical inspections of the ballots and the envelopes. That was denied by Maricopa County. Uh, that denial was not further challenged. It could have been. A uh, challenge could have gone back up via a motion for a writ of mandamus, uh, basically an order from the upper court to the trial court judge to order uh, the physical inspection of the ballots. The, 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 the question about the numbers of ballots was, was always something that was thrown back and forth between the two parties, but without a new count, without physical inspection of the ballots and the ballot envelopes, without a re-verification uh, uh, of the signatures, um, without those additional steps, all of which in one form or another took place in Florida in 2000 during the Bush v. Gore uh, situation. This was all handled without any additional review of the physical evidence, which, which to me is was a cardinal sin that this court committed. Yes, and and, and Tira, I want to bring you in on that because I know you want to uh, come back on that. Essentially, well, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you come back and then I'll ask the question. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so first of all, Carrie Lake raised uh, many of the issues that have been discussed, like the voting machine issues and voters waiting excessive amounts of time in her initial case before this judge. The Arizona Supreme Court said those would not be relitigated, right? We remember that five of the six counts were dismissed. So that's never, that cannot come back. Wait, wait, no, I'm talking to Heather who said, well, I don't know. Doc, could okay. you please wait? But Thank just you. let me get the fact. Doc, get the wait, fact wait, straight. wait. I'm talking no, to Tara, Heather. Let me get the, no, no the because I don't think me, you. The question came to me and to you for Fine, a response. Doc. So Fine, I just Doc. want to correct the record. The original trial brought forth 13 causes of action. 13. The judge allowed two, I think. No, he allowed five. There were five questions presented on appeal. And the Supreme Court returned two back to the trial court. So I'm just reminding you what the actual numbers are. Don't mean to interrupt. Fine. The Supreme Court basically said the voting machine stuff, the the printer stuff, and the waiting times, etc., was not to be um, looked at again. Now, this the same judge was the judge below. Then went back, and what he was looking at, and in, in effect, Carrie Lake's lawyers or her strategy basically was because she could not prove specific votes were actually impacted wrongly, if that makes sense, what she basically had to show was that the state did not comply with verif- any verification requirements, right? In other words, they didn't have any sort of process. Now, what happened on day one, and I suggest people listen to this because it's really sort of amusing. What happened on day one was, I believe there was a woman who Carrie Lake's lawyers called to testify named Miss Onkite, who was a part-time temporary verifier, right? Because they hired extra people. And this woman more or less said, yes, we were told how to verify. I verified things. I sent them up. I'm very upset because I don't think they were really looked at enough. But she basically confirmed 
that verification happened, right? So that on that day alone, you knew that the lake, if you really were looking at this, you knew there was a problem because they literally, their own witness undercut their argument. A second man, Mr. Myers, came up another of their witnesses. So, and Deirdre, he basically- Deirdre, on that witness, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm, and I'm gonna let you carry on. Sure. On, on that witness, she was in the judgment and she said exactly what you said, that there was two verification processes and she did say that it occurred. Her main yeah. contention was that she believed that they happened too hastily and she felt that due to the hasty nature of it, that may have caused uh, some discrepancies. But please, is that right? Correct, Era? correct, yes. But she but she verified that, verif she basically said verification happened. Mr. Myers then came in and he was responsible for the verification and curing and he said it happened, but he said they weren't enough people, it was a mad, you know, et cetera. But at the end of the day, both of their witnesses confirmed that there was verification. This is a problem if you're trying to show there was no verification, which is what she had to show. Then the head of the, I think it was the Maricopa County Election Board came in, Mr. Valenzuela, maybe I forget the name. And he was he was brought in, interesting enough, by the by Carrie Lake's lawyers, by the plaintiffs. And he under he was the best witness. He said he himself had reviewed 1600. Uh, he, he basically said there's multiple layers of verification. And plus, what he really did was interesting. He said then there were a lot more people there than these two people knew about. Both of them had said there were only 40 people at the second level, two at the third level. And he said, no, there's another spot. There were 143. There, in other words, he basically said they didn't see the whole picture. Now, after all this happened, if you think that the judge was then about to sort of say, oh, no verifi verification didn't happen, I got a bridge to sell you. But you can disagree with the fact that he was, I guess, basing it on the fact that, you know, you had to show only some verification. I guess you can disagree with that. But based upon what was presented to him, she did not make her case. I fully expect she will appeal. I think she has the right to appeal. I don't care if she appeals. She's going to get turned down again at the Arizona Supreme You're Court. And then she probably will try and go to the U.S. Supreme Court, where I do not think she has a claim. Thank you. Um, Doc, you disagree with that, as far as I know. You do believe that she can um, she has got some kind of legal precedent to argue in the Supreme Court. So there's there's two there's two circumstances where Tara is wrong here. Tyra, sorry. Um, one is the denial of the 19 and 20 inch ballot question that was sent back from the Supreme Arizona Supreme Court to the trial court, which Judge Thompson denied a hearing on. That can go back to the the Supreme Court on appeal. Uh, or to the appellate level. Doc, the you're talking about the Supreme Court of Arizona, right? I think we should make it clear. Yes. There's a U.S. Supreme Court, Supreme Court of Arizona. You're talking about Arizona, right? Thank that's, you. That's what I said. But that, that's as to the 19 and 20 inch ballot issue. As to the questions of due process and equal protection of the votes that were raised both in the Bush v. Gore uh, question, those present questions of both state and federal law, state and federal questions. Those questions can and will be, I'm told, be brought to the, the, the Supreme Court uh, within minutes. <laughs> this is sort of funny. Within minutes of learning that Carrie Lake had lost, I got a DM from Fidgetal asking me for a new bet. So we do have a new bet on. I believe there are four justices in the Supreme Court that will grant review whether or not they, and that's our bet, whether or not uh, Lake's uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, because questions of denial of due process, in, in effect, uh, treating some votes differently than others, 
right, that some votes did not receive the same amount of process that other votes did, and equal protection of the right to vote. Right. But, but didn't you lose this? Didn't you lose this bet? So why are you betting again? Hi, Joy. Uh, so yeah, uh, hey. man, to answer your question, it's uh, be going. It's going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Last week or so, I want to say it was last Wednesday, she held a space with Grant Cardone, where these questions were asked repeatedly, and Carrie Lake repeatedly said that we will take this to the U.S. Supreme Court. I know she has to have Bush v. Gore set it out. And uh, that's what I expect to happen. Let me guess. Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas? Um, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll go into that bet with you. I'll, I'll, I like to wager you. Yeah, well, I'll it's just a gentleman's bet. You're, ha you're happy to join it. I don't bet. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to touch my boy. He ain't going to bet with you, uh, nobody. He's already got a bet going on. You guys. Yeah, but he's not betting money, Suleiman. So what difference does it make? Yeah, a, bottle, a good bottle of Chivas. <laughs> he's not betting anything financial, right? Nit. I don't drink. You, he doesn't drink. Neither do I. Neither do I. I have a question. Nit. Someone, someone just pinned something from Greg Rubini. Um, it is that the is that the guy who who says that Trump actually won California? Yes. Oh, okay. Anyway, so Nit. Um, on the judgment, it essentially said, and if you can clarify this as well, I'd love to hear your expertise on this. Uh, it said that Carrie Lake changed strategy during, uh, and I don't know if it was during the trial or just before the trial, but she changed strategies and then essentially her argument was that it was difficult, if not near or impossible, to have a situation where 274,000 ballots were counted within a few seconds and 70,000 ballots were counted in one second. If you can explain that argument a bit more and just clarify if I've if I've not fra framed it in the correct manner. Well, I'm I'm not familiar with that particular to argument. I I've, I've honestly scanned the. Uh, I, I, I am. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I can. Go ahead. Is it, is it okay, Ben. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Jump on Yeah, so yeah, just really. So I, I don't think that was the claim. I think that the claim was it wasn't that 270,000 ballots were counted within a few seconds. I think it was a literal sense that uh, each ballot took. Yeah, each ballot only took a couple seconds to verify, and that uh, that was. I, I think this change in strategy. It's very weird. Like I keep coming back to, okay, if that was the claim, then how would she not challenge the fact that the signatures on the envelopes? Were fraudulent too, right? Because th that was never raised. At, at so least Benjamin, if I'm, Benjamin yeah, go ahead. And where I got it from was this: it said the plaintiff argues that 274,000 signatures or so were compared in less than two seconds. Uh, plaintiff then zeroes in on 70,000, the number of ballots that she claims were given less than one second of comparison. Okay. So there, there is a couple explanations for that. Can we, is, can we bring up another speaker? Because I see my buddy CanCon down here listening, and he would actually probably have a lot of really good stuff to, to add to this conversation. Who was that? Sorry, uh, Heather? CanCon. He's got the little... Okay, just send us the send us the message. DM me because I can't see, I can't see him. Uh, Doc, okay. please go ahead. Sorry. So two, 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 well, three points. One is the analysis that Carrie Lake didn't bring up the claims properly it is an analysis that's come only from people in opposition to Kerry Lake's uh, uh, lawsuit. I've seen those comments. Um, I'm not going to address them here because I don't understand the arguments well enough to counter them. 
but uh, that's an that's an argument, a suggestion by the opposition and their supporters. That's one. Number two, the the full recount, not recount, but the the verification of the signatures took place in 36 hours total, right? Uh, Well, might have been 48 hours total. Anyway, it was it was three days, less than three days. So 24, 48, 50 hours. And then the state uh, had there was uh, statistics to suggest that under normal circumstances, uh, signature verification takes on average, I think this study was seven seconds a, a, a piece. So there was speculation by some that what should have been discussed at the time of trial by Lake's attorneys was that mathematical uh, calculation. And, and if you, someone who did it suggested that there was no way to do that number of verifications, do them in a proper manner, proper manner being demonstrated by the video that was shown on day one, uh, where that the one woman that I think Tyra mentioned uh, said that she uh, verified everything. Well, if you compare the, the person sitting next to her was the person, uh, the, someone who was either fired or reassigned, that story changed during the course of the trial based on testimony from the defendants, um, that he was verifying these uh, signatures without scrolling down and looking at the comparison signature. That witness, the first witness we're talking about, described the process under direct questioning where the screen would show, on the front screen, they would show the, the, the signature in question on the ballot envelope, and then you would scroll down and see a screen which included uh, a historic signature to compare it to. So the process should have been click to the next uh, uh, ballot, look at the, the, the signature as presented in the ballot, then scroll down, which would require a move of the mouse or a, a punch of the cursor arrows, rather than just a direct entry to approve. So that, that was the basis of, well, how can you, how can you verify something in less than uh, seven seconds, well, there was testimony from the director of elections, who was a witness, uh, both for Carrie Lake, their closing witness, and the opening witness for the defendants, who, who held out that there were people that were doing this from their offices. Uh, he was asked if there were people, and he acknowledged that he had done verifications. He testified how fast he could do his. Uh, I think he said he could do his in under three seconds because he was familiar with the system. That sort of begged incredibility to me. Um, he also he was also asked, could people uh, also do these uh, verifications from home? And he said, yes, that's possible. But to my knowledge, that did not happen. I thought that was a lie. Um, so you really have come to two conclusions. Either there were people who were ver- validating these signatures in private outside of the view of the public, outside of the cameras, unmonitored, without any real knowledge of how fast they did it or whether they did it at all. Um, that, that's a due process question. That's, a, that's an equal protection problem. And, and it's analogous to the, the different ballots in Florida and the chads and the hanging chad and the, and the but crunch but Dr. and Dr. Quick question on that. I mean, yeah. when, you look at the, when you look at the judgment, what it did say was that essentially it was too difficult to, for her to find all the ballots that were essentially problematic. or uh, And so essentially this was the argument that she fell onto. In her speech today, she made it sound like she's going to be looking for those ballots. Do you think that's a change of strategy? 
Well, no, I think it's another bite at the apple. I, I, I've got it here. I just haven't posted it because I'm, I'm busy doing other things. But um, she did seek uh, the release or access to those ballots so she could do a physical inspection and the county denied it. So uh, I, I would think that, that she'd be looking uh, for a court order to allow that inspection. And that's not too far afield from what the uh, Florida Supreme Court authorized in a limited basis in Florida uh, based on uh, motions from the Bush camp where they wanted to go and inspect these ballots and, and certain ballots were inspected. Uh, Bush still retained the lead after two rounds. And where the Supreme Court stopped it was the Florida Supreme Court said, okay, you can go look at ballots in just, and, and, and check the chads and all that sort of stuff in two counties, in only two counties for a third recount. And <clears throat> the Supreme Court held that, that that was unequal protection of the vote. If you were going to order a recheck of all the ballots in a county, you needed to do it in more than just a county that might have swung the vote over to Gore. And so they stopped the whole thing and, in fact, told the Florida Supreme Court to go by the last recount. And that one had Bush out in front. So it's, it's equal protection. It's due process. How, each vote should be treated the same and, and is entitled to the same amount of process. So let the, me bring that's in why Ed. I think that it could be successful at the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. So let me bring in Ed. I mean, Ed, we've heard Doc give a, a lengthy argument for why she should have won, what should have been looked at and what could be looked at. But I guess your argument's going to be, but she keeps losing. But let's let's hear your thoughts, Ed. Yeah, I mean, Doc obviously has better legal legal opinions than me. But from my point of view, you know, let the courts decide. If she wants to appeal this, she can appeal it. Uh, she's already lost what twice, right? And one one went to the appeals. So I I don't like the idea that people are claiming, oh, there's corruption. The judge could be corrupt or implying that at least, I think, I think that's dangerous when you do that. Because, okay, if you're saying the judge was corrupt here, then what about all the criminals who are behind bars? Should we say that they, they shouldn't be behind bars either because the judges were corrupt? When it's a Democrat that claims the election was stolen or that election that they think they win, are we going to say, oh, maybe he's right or maybe she's right? Maybe that judge was corrupt? I think we get into dangerous territory when we start doing that. Well, I have, nobody nobody specifically said that that was the case here, right? I also mentioned corruption's one possibility. There's stuff gets thrown out on technicalities, and it's not unheard of in America that some judges actually become social justice warriors from the bench, and they will disregard violations of the law if they feel like th if they're inclined to do so. I mean, this is like you have to judge every single case by the merits of the case so like in order that's why when when he just asked me a question because i haven't been following this particular case as closely as let's say doc has i'm not going to give you some bs answer you know i did more work on arizona in the 2020 election that just horrified me that when 2022 came around i was actually one of those people that's like i don't know why carrie's running because it's so corrupt there she's not going to win like i knew this was going to happen before it even happened because i had done so much work covering 2020's election fraud so for me i just have had no faith before carrie even announced she was running just a, uh, did, one thing with, with, sorry, no one with can, what, if Republicans can't win, then how did Kimberly Lee win? What was that? Sorry, Max, do you want to repeat that? 
Yeah, if Republicans can't win, then how did Kimberly E win, along with Wantis Kamani, uh, Schweikert, Eli Crane, a uh, majority of the Arizona State House, a majority of the Arizona Senate, um, and Tom Horn. Uh, that's off the top of my head, all the Republicans who won in Arizona. Yeah, not just, not yeah, just so that, why, Max. So how did, how did Kurt Olsen, why is, why why did Kurt Olsen get thrown, every single trial thrown out? Every single, he's been the lawyer. He was the lawyer for Trump. He tried to help him get the DOJ to stop the election and nullify the results. Oh, yeah. Rachel he's been Mitchell as since, well. Rachel Mitchell yeah, for, uh, for in, in Texas as well. prosecutor. That was, now he that was, was a sanctioned. big one because she was Kavanaugh's. Remember Rachel Mitchell? She was the one who went who uh, questioned uh, yeah, and, and Christine Texas Blasey as well. Ford, and she lost. somehow won. And he was sanctioned in this one, saying you can't make false statements. Like over and over and over, he's tried every angle to overturn this thing, and it hasn't worked. And I and I'm still here, sitting here listening Republicans saying, "Oh well, they didn't try this. Yes, they did. They tried everything they had at their hand." And everything has been thrown away or thrown out. And, ju- and judges have given statements saying that the evidence that, that they've that been presented don't show that there was that there was any fraud. And they've tried everything possible. And this guy, Kurt Olson, has tried with Trump, has tried now with Carrie Lake, has tried every angle possible. It didn't happen. I, I'd like to ask it, didn't ha- it didn't happen in Florida before the Supreme Court heard it either. So we're not done. Yeah, yeah, but just it, a it question to Heather. In, so, but it happened in thirty other cases, even with the Trump team. So, if you want to, you know, we can pick out one case. We can pick out like the forty other that that they lost. Also, no, too, that's so. not true. People say well, Trump they, lost, lost like, was it, thirty or forty he cases. Didn't lose I can, I can also read them out if you'd like. But I actually have it out. They were they were all lost. They were all lost, and you know they're lost. One second, Doc. Let me finish. they weren't heard. They weren't lost. They weren't heard. They were heard. They went to court and they said, "You don't have standing. You don't have this. That's when you lose cases if you don't have standing." Right. You just made our point thank you yeah thank that you is the point. not being heard is not not having standing bub no you are heard so you can know someone answer how one second guys I'd like four of you talking at the same time let Nate go and then we'll go to whoever wants to respond go ahead Nate sure Nate, uh, just, go ahead just, just just to be clear what standing is that's that's something that every lawyer has to know right because if you don't if you take a case and don't have standing you can actually be in trouble standing is what is the how you get into court not everyone can sue for anything so if you bring a case that you have no business bringing then yes the court's going to say well what what legal right do you have to bring this case and if you don't have it then yes they're going to dismiss your case you're going to lose that case so to say that you don't lose cases based on standing is ridiculous that is a loss if they had legal standing they could have brought the case. And let's not forget, some of those cases, let's say like Sharpiegate, for instance, the plaintiff did have standing, and then they, re- they removed that case themselves because they, it was a BS case. So let's not pretend that not that if your case is dismissed for standing, it's not you haven't lost that case. Yes, I've lost well, cases based on standing. The facts are not heard. The so difference is if the facts are heard or facts are not heard. Yeah, I'll give you an example, though. There's a 2020 election lawsuit in Georgia that was um, a lawsuit to unseal uh, absentee mail-in ballots. And the judge initially had unsealed them, but then Fulton County, Georgia, hired one of um, Georgia's top 10 criminal defense lawyers, a man by the name of Don Samuel, um, who is represented some of the worst you could possibly imagine. But for whatever reason, Fulton County wanted to hire this man. And anyway, they got it dismissed on lack of standing, right? And they cited another case 
as as sort of like the prerequisite. Like this one was thrown out for standing. This is a similar case thrown out for standing. So they threw out the 2020 election lawsuit. Well, that other case, right, that they cited ended up going before the Georgia Supreme Court and they reversed it and said it did have standing. So by naturally, the 2020 election lawsuit was then reopened and sent back saying it did have standing. So even if something is thrown out for standing, it can be appealed, it can be relitigated later. And that that framework is always subject to change. So to say that there's no merits because you know, this got thrown out on standing is really like a very narrow view. And you're not looking at the bigger picture of how courts and legal frameworks operate. Yes. Yes. I'm just going to go to, I'm going to go to Tira for what, just before I do guys, if you want to make any comments, it's bottom right hand side. Also guys, major announcement uh, Mario's got the subscriber button available on his um, page. So if you subscribe, that'd be awesome. And the reason why it'd be op- awesome is the team is planning some major, major exclusive spaces with um, exclusive guests. So go ahead and do it. I was the first one to subscribe just to help the guy out because as soon as I subscribed, obviously everyone's going to subscribe after that. Uh, so essentially, go ahead and do it, guys. But Tira, I know you want to respond, so go ahead. For some reason, oh, he only look. made it one dollar, guys. So go ahead and just do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you subscribed, Nick? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, oh, no, what a loser! Not. Forget hey, about his, it, bro. This guy, man, bouncing. So I can't. Ah, uh, guys, pay for it. donate. Everyone, donate ten, one cent each, and we can get Nick a sub, sub, uh, sub to Mario. But before <laughs> Let's we do you it, do, guys. I, I'm still waiting for my sub button, patiently waiting. You're not, you're not important enough, Heather. That's why. Uh, Tira, go ahead. But, you can go to my Twitter page and tip me, though. But I, I got to say, all the people okay. I hear all the time about these spaces, they say, we love these spaces, we love these spaces, we love these spaces. This is your time to show appreciation to Mario. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, people. Nate, so let me just you to do it. You did a much better job than <laughs> yeah, me there. He did a better job. Yeah. So look. Yeah, but he didn't standing, mention that he Heather, gave his Heather, dog. Heather, standing <laughs> is relevant. So you do understand that we cannot have every case anytime anybody feels they can I didn't like what happened in another state. I'm pissed. You can't just have people walking in the door who have literally no uh, interest in, well, the, that's not in a the case. case in any of Wait, these situations doc, will you there were please? votes doc, there doc, were doc, votes. Doc, you got to stop doing this doc, doc. 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 okay yep i muted everybody Tira, go ahead thank you okay there were a number of cases there was a 35 uh, page decision in i think it was nevada on the merits there was another decision in michigan on the merits there were decisions on the merits clearly more were on standing but the decisions on the merits with the exception of one pennsylvania case which didn't wind up being relevant to the to anything basically all went against trump as well now standing is important it's relevant like i said we have a system where you have to either accept the laws or say i don't okay this is why what Carrie Lake said to said the other night when, when Ben questioned her bothered me because you have to accept this. You must accept that if someone walks in and they don't have any interest, the court will say, sorry, you don't have standing. And by the way, I suspect that a lot of people would agree with certain cases being thrown out because of standing if they were on the conservative side. So live by the sword, die by the sword. As I said, a number of cases in every case 
where they looked at the claims. First of all, very few claims of fraud were actually made in court. And there's a reason. The reason is because the lawyers didn't want to lie. But and they didn't exactly, have evidence. Exactly. Let me respond here because you're not Wait. citing any cases whatsoever. You're speaking with a broad Judge Jackson. Judge so, Jackson. In, I think it was Judge Jackson. Okay, but the Georgia the case that I just it, it was Georgia. It was, yeah. was thrown out from for standing. And then another judge ruled that it did have standing. So what I'm saying so, is standing well, is subjective, really. It's, it's, it's no, no. I, can I explain what standing is? Can I? Can I just explain what standing is? Because we're using the word, but I think a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about. Well, you didn't understand it the first time you defined well, it. Well, go it's, ahead. It's, Take it there's, there's, there's I mean, three, come on, let's define it for the people. There's three elements, right? Go Every ahead, fact, causation, and addressability. Those are those are the three elements. Just go a bit slower, uh, Nate. You went too fast there. Nick never got you. Read your Google results a little slower next time. time. No, it's it's three things. It's Sorry, injury, Nate, in fact, injury in fact, causation, and redressability. Those are the three things that you need for standing. It's it's simple. So I'm 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 that, that came out as one word again. Can you just do a little bit slower? All right. There's three simple elements. It all depends on really what state you are, but there are three simple elements. There's an injury in fact. There's causation. You gotta show that the defendant causes whatever injury, and then that the court can do something to it's called redressability the court can actually make you whole in some way now if you don't have all of those three elements if you have to show that if you don't if you can't show that all those things you have all those three things then the court's going to dismiss your case so not everyone can sue for anything you can only sue if for specific causes of action for specific things and those are the three elements the court's yeah. going to use to find out if you're allowed to sue so standing is important and again yeah. if you all, every lawyer well, so in this room every lawyer in this room will tell oh. you if they go to court and don't have standing, they know their case is going to be thrown out. I'm not. I'm not sure how Doc works. You know, Doc does whatever he wants to yeah. do. But you have to. Well, have I just had it. Like, so wait, wait, wait. Let me let me respond real quick because, like, in this Georgia case specifically, one of the questions that came up regarding standing was the injury. Right? Like, if somebody embeds fraudulent votes into an election. Does it then injure you, a voter, by diluting your vote? And that was really the argument that was raised when it came to the standing in this other case. It wasn't did were there fraudulent ballots or not, right? Like it's did those fraudulent ballots injure the voter, right, by diluting your vote? So even if initially it was thrown out on standing because they're saying, hey, even if somebody embeds these fake ballots into the election, it's technically not an injury to you by the law standards, and it gets thrown out. That in no way, shape, or form means those fraudulent ballots weren't embedded into the election. Yeah, you're right. right? So true. there's this misconception. There's a misconception that if it's thrown out because of standing, that there's no merits. And I think people are very ignorant of the law and how it works that are making these claims. There's a difference between losing oh, the, there's a difference between losing the case on the merits and losing it because of standing and I think you're right. I think not I think the cases that were lost in standing didn't go to the merits as you're saying. But just because they didn't go to the merits doesn't mean the cases were good and generally if your case can't get through standing that means you don't have you didn't have a claim to begin with. So yeah, and yeah, no, and yeah. Let me just finish my last point. Let me go doc, to the doc, merits doc, of the case doc, or whether I, I it was good or not. You have a you have a listening problem. So what I'm trying to say is is that I even though I do agree that I have a speaking problem right now. I keep getting shut up. So I'll just sit here and be stupid. Okay. That's easy. Yeah, isn't it? I know. <laughs> You've been doing that all night. But 
back back to the point that you're making. So I do agree. I do agree. And I do agree that sometimes the courts are really harsh with standing. But I don't think that you can just say that just because one case standing was overturned means all standing is all BS. I do agree. There are some crazy cases that standing that that cases should have gone forward. But I think if you're only going to point to one case and say, see, this one case in Georgia, the judge got overruled. That is that's ridiculous. Right. That's that. You, Wait, oh, can we discuss that, that case? That so can we Tara, talk wasn't about that, that case? It wasn't that Carolyn Jeffords versus Fulton County. Is that what you're yes. talking about, Heather? Because that case, what happened was the Supreme Court of Georgia basically changed its rules. No lower court in a, in a case, okay? They basically said they expanded the definition of standing for a certain purpose. No lower court could have, would have, in fact, ever sort of assumed that the Georgia Supreme Court would make such an expansion. That's unusual. And I think while you saying it was overturned or whatever, that's not exactly what happened. It was happened. based on new case precedent. There was new That's law. correct. That's, that's how correct. But how many it. times it was has that happened? It was sent back to the lower court. Yes, because... It's coming to trial. Two cases. Yes, but that, one but that one happened because the Georgia Supreme Court changed a definition of standing for no, community involvement. No, they did not change Yes, the they did. There was they, a case precedent that they had to comply with. That is not them electively changing the standard. That's from another case, another court. Wait, what is Heather talking about then? Which case? Because I think it's the Jeffords case. Heather, can you tell us what you're no, talking it, about? Or may no, well, it's technically the Jeffords and the um, voter GA case. It was split. So there's basically it's the same lawsuit with two different sets of plaintiffs. Uh, I'll post it up in the nest. I've tweeted about it. I got the case links to it. You really, it's really not a good argument for the liberal. Tara, which was the lawsuit? It was one of them in Georgia in which uh, when the judge asked, are you alleging voter fraud? Do you have any evidence of voter fraud? Trump campaign responded, no, we're not alleging voter fraud. No, we have no evidence of voter fraud. I mean, what they were trying to do is basically saying, look, judge, issue a, an injunction to pause the counting of the ballot so we try to go find evidence of voter fraud, right? You can't make a knowingly false submission in court. So wait, wait, which wait, case? wait a minute, Ben. That's, yeah, go that's, ahead. That's, that's disingenuous because fraud is something that requires uh, particularity and facts, right? No, but no I'm really no, no one goes oh. and claims fraud when they could claim other violations of the voting rights because fraud is much tougher to prove. You're using fraud in a very generic way. No, I'm using I'm using I'm, I'm using term the way I'm using the terminology in the sense that the judge asked, I, I go find the case, hold on, and I'll put it up in the jumbotron because that was exact wording. Are you alleging voter fraud? Do you have any evidence of voter fraud? So that is not my terminology. That is the terminology that was reported yeah, but in the court. Yeah, you got you got to put it in the context of what they actually were alleging and how that was treated. So if you want to put those facts up in the nest, that's yeah, fine. Sure. Yeah, sure. Let me, and just let me the, talk a, a little the, bit I, well, more hold on, I just, my, my last point was to what Tira said. Yeah, just to what Heather. So in terms of what Carrie Lake said in that space that we were talking, it wasn't so much that I won't accept it, right? Well, she did say that. Her exact words were, and I, I, there's a recording of it, we haven't found the judge that has the courage that needs to do what needs, or that will do what needs to be done. I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. You have to understand, Dr. even to the point of standing, that for any judge that uh, an election case is a political third rail and they all defer away from it. Everybody would rather kick the can, not There's touch it. There's an actual it. Supreme Business Court doctrine on that. It's called the political doctrine. And that's exactly what Roberts expressed in his dissent in, 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 that, in several cases that, that, that affected this, this election. These are issues that need to be resolved by the voters and the representatives. And beyond standing, there were other procedural roadblocks that defeated some of these cases before the merits of the, of the evidence were presented. First, and after November, after the election, and then December, there was a big case brought that was denied because the matter wasn't right. 
Why is the matter not ripe? It's, it's akin to... Doc, you're covering up your, your microphone somehow yeah. there, buddy. I, I'm sorry. I put my finger over the... the I, I'm sorry I do that. So anyway, the first case, I'll take note of it. I'll go find it if someone needs to. Dismiss because it wasn't ripe. Why wasn't it ripe if it was after the vote? Because the Electoral College hadn't met, and the president is not elected by a popular vote in any particular state. So the court said the matter's not ripe until after the Electoral College meets and nominates... or and takes his nomination and awards him the presidency. That was one way. The Supreme Court dismissed cases after Biden was uh, uh, sworn in, saying that the matter was moot, meaning that it doesn't matter if there was fraud or not. It doesn't matter if there are, there are violations of election law, because Biden is the president. And the foundation of, of this cowardice, as, as Christy was, was mentioning, is what's called the political doctrine, where the courts say, and they do this in many, many other areas, they want the other two branches of government plus the voters to work it out. And that's an area I'm intimately involved with. It's called the, the Federal Arbitration Act and the, the, the numerous violations that consumers primarily have brought to the court's attention have risen all the way up to the appellate courts to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says this is a matter for the for the Congress to address, not the courts. So that's yeah, so cowardice. Doc, so I, I can, I can, I will put it up. So Trump v. Uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm just going to read it, right? So they, they both signed, first of all, they both, Trump campaign admitted in the stipulation of facts, it, it explicitly admits that they are not alleging voter fraud. And they also came out with a joint statement, a stipulation of facts saying petitioners do not allege and there is no evidence of any, any fraud in connection with any of the challenged ballots. The stipulation also further, uh, further says that there has not been one single uh, instance of misconduct or impropriety in connection with the challenging of the ballots. So I just, I, I think that's important to note, right? So a lot of these cases... It, it, it is important to note, and you and I agree on that, where, where we have a fact gap is what other causes and claims that, the, that Trump made in that, in that election challenge were not somehow stipulated away. This is sort of a common practice before trial. You have In California, they call it a separate statement of, of uh, undisputed facts where you, you go through all the issues and you list all the, all the facts that you think you have and, and all the facts that the other party thinks they have. And you either agree or disagree. And that's brought forward to the court to narrow the scope of the trial for a judicial economy so you don't spend three weeks of trial on matters that you both basically agree to. That's probably so what you're looking at. So then uh, here, here's another quick question for you. So we can go to uh, Trump v. Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, right? So th the issue was that they were challenging the legitimacy of 592 disputed ballots. In court, are you claiming that there is any fraud in connection with these disputed ballots whatsoever? Uh, and his lawyer, John S. Goldstein, to my knowledge at present, no. So my question is this. Why would they challenge the legitimacy of 592 ballots publicly and then go through the process of getting the court documents ready and so forth and so forth? And then basically when they appear before a judge, say, no, we're actually not claiming uh, challenging the legitimacy of those ballots. I just go back to my previous question, my previous answer or question. What other claims besides voter fraud were they bringing in that case? Right. What were the causes of action? There's usually more than one. You know, Ben, usually there's six, seven, ten, twelve. In the Absolutely. Case, there were 13. Was that was that case at, dropped at her original complaint? Was that case dropped on standard? Because let's say, for instance, if if Biden won by three thousand votes and they're saying five hundred are suspect. The general, that's a case that probably wouldn't make it because it, it wouldn't change the outcome of the. So they would say, even if you win, there's no redress, right? We can throw out those 500 votes, but he'll still win the election. So was, was that 
knocked out because of standing or was that knocked out because on the merits? Doc? Well, I, that's that's Ben Ben brought that case up. I, I I'm not familiar with that particular case, to be honest with you. Can can we not just like uh, blur our eyes a bit and take a, a slightly different, less uh, less legal approach here, and just literally consider that Trump was ahead in all of the swing states, and then anomalously at three in the morning with all of the newscasters just kind of sucking it along like it's business as usual and selling it to the American public. We have, under the cover of darkness, and I'm sure you guys have seen the graphs, there's an incredible fraud meme, and the same statistical graphic anomaly occurs that any sort of objective forensic analysis of all of these graphs in the key swing states that show trending Trump slightly, slightly above, all of a sudden Trump votes stop. There's a meteoric rise uh, on the Biden votes. And this is all after, in all the key swing states, Trump is winning, and all of them, for anomalous bullshit reasons, a big waterman button. Pretty soon we've got pizza boxes blocking viewers. Like, I appreciate the politics that we all hold in our heart. Some of us uh, more to one side than the other. And I, I respect everybody across the spectrum. But at some point, we have to just have some levity, regardless of which side you're on. That if we were observing these same data sets and fact points in a third world nation, we would all have reason to wave a flag. And there's nobody in here short of uh, paid merchants of disinformation that could look at this objectively in any other way. We had the key crux states all adjusted after hours with this anomalous uh, stoppage of vote counting being uh, sold to the American people like it's business as usual. That is not right. only uh, fraudulent at yeah. some degree, but so also which states, a collusive which states media. Let me go to Tira. Sorry, guys, everybody's talking. Tira, go ahead, then I'm going to go to Christian. Go ahead, Tira. Okay, so it was not anomalous. What it is, is we have a 50 state, we have different procedures in all 50 states. In some states, you cannot even open up mail-in ballots until after election day is over, after voting is over, say, 8 o'clock. In other states, you can open them up but not process them. In other states, you can only start to open them up the morning of, etc. So this has never happened in prior elections, can Tara. We, All can, can I, wait, can I finish, please, sir? Because you spoke for a while, okay? So if you don't understand the procedures in each state, you might make the argument that you're making, which is, wow, he was ahead. However, I should point you to numerous articles and Trump himself basically knowing that the election day votes would probably favor Donald Trump in many states. Why? Because he told his people to vote on election day and he told them not to do mail-in voting. He told them this, right? So they didn't do it. Democrats, on the other hand, because of COVID, etc., told their voters, mail in your ballots if you can, do early voting, do whatever you can, but make don't don't rely on election day voting. Now, so that's why we see a, dis, a, a disparity between the Democrat, heavily Democratic cities, which were voting by mail in many cases, much more than the Republican day of. So what happened here was not was not cloak of night, was not anomalous. What it, it was was you was. don't understand the procedures. But, Chira, there's one they more point. Not, 
So, they did not so stop counting. Can, can I, no, can I, on, can but, I finish? Wait, one yeah, more minute. Okay? They did not stop lies. counting. They just, they did not stop counting. What happened was they stopped reporting in the middle of the night and they said, we'll report again at 10, That's 11 in the morning. Not, that is not a lie. Not surprise. Doc, can you please shop? Really, just just have some impulse control, okay? So what it is here is that if you don't know the procedures and you somehow think, gee, Trump was ahead and I went to sleep and then I woke up and he was behind, you don't understand that basically a lot of absentee mail-in ballots were being counted overnight and they were heavily but on, democratic. Only in the swing I, but, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason for Okay, so, so let's, let's, hear, let's, get, let's get Benjamin in here to make a quick comment and then I want to bring Christian, Christian in. Christian and then I'll go to Benjamin. Go ahead, Christian. Thank Christian, you. Um, so, so um, Doc and Confluence, uh, you know, hinted at a, a couple things that I, I just want to highlight with emphasis here. One of the main problems is because we live in a public interest war and because the media is dictating to the public what they want the public to think, when they put up a story about one of these election cases, almost 93% of the time they're trying to either lie to the public or confuse them and make them think that something is that isn't. Um, and so that's a, a real problem in all of this. this the, the second problem you have is that the, the public interest itself is not being listened to because if you look at any poll uh, on this, you will find that a majority of independents believe that the uh, that the elections are stolen or that they believe that there is election fraud or they or they believe the counties are not following the election laws. Now, now we're into Tira's point about the which bled into the other points about the state legislatures, because right now in, in Arizona, where I live, which we're talking about right now, we have. Republican state representatives that do not want to resolve the problems that are happening inside of the counties. The legislature is responsible for all of these things, but yet the Republicans that run on election integrity are not willing to resolve the problems. So what we're facing now as a result of all three of these things is really going to be the end of our country because what you're going to have is you're going to have some person inside of a county or let's just say Maricopa County, pun intended, some person inside Maricopa County that goes into a back room and is approving ballots that they shouldn't approve and then the county board of supervisors will throw their hands up and say oh i don't have anything to do with that i don't approve ballots oh well we have observers oh well we have uh surveillance and and then the legislature throws their hands up and says well talk to the county the county is running the election this is what's happening right now in our country so this this is scary because this is what happened to Brazil. This is what happened to Venezuela. This is what happened to many of the third world countries. And a lot of us think that, you know, hey, it's business as usual. None of this is a problem. Let the Democrats get in the office to hell with it. Or, 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 yeah, so, or so you Christian, have the people that say, well, wait, wait. And then you have the people that say, 
oh, well, such and such got votes. So because such and such got votes, that means there was no, that the county followed the law. No, they didn't follow the law. So, and, 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 and then you got this whole issue with, well, if you just run as a moderate, lukewarm chameleon, uh, every person will just mark yes on your ballot, and then that's it. So it, it, this, these are the problems that we currently face right now. And Christian, let, let said, me ask you this, because you're, 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 you're on the executive the, the, committee for the Arizona Republican yeah. Party, right? So yeah. is the, the GOP, the state GOP, are they backing Lake in these claims, or are they sort of are they leaving her off on her own? Are they helping in well, any way? Well, there was just a, there was just an article about the Gateway Pundit, which which I already knew this because, I, I, and I'll, I'll I'll give a secret to this whole room, which most of the people who follow me know this, but I'll give this to this whole room. I had a forty-eight minute phone call with the chair of the Republican Party, Jeff Dewitt, on election integrity and the Republican AZ State Legislature. And I can tell you, nobody knows Jeff DeWitt like I do, because what you see on the television screen and what you see in these news articles and in the endorsement statements, that's not the real Jeff DeWitt. The real Jeff DeWitt is uh, somebody like Adam Kissinger, someone like uh, Liz Cheney, the Mitt Romneys of the world. That's who the real Jeff DeWitt is. But they portray Jeff DeWitt as if he's the best MAGA America first guy since sliced bread. But that's not who he is. So, no, they are not supporting Kerry Lake. They are not supporting the, the precinct committeemen on the ground who are the legs, arms and the body. Of why, the though? Why, why would they not? Because, because I'll tell you, like because because the establishment holds on to their power inside the government and then they go into the political party and they dictate down to the precinct committeemen. So think of it like the Democrat Party. When the Democrats have a candidate like Joe Biden or Obama or whoever, and then you have all these other people off to the side, the Klobuchar's, the Kamala Harris's, so on and so forth, the party will say, nope, you Bernies and all you other people move to the side. You are not going to win this. We're going to make sure that you don't. That is what is happening inside the Republican Party. Can I just add uh, on to what you're, not really, you're not really saying anything. Like, you're not really saying what hasn't been done. You just say they're not standing uh standing by here can you can you be specific about what like what isn't being done that needs to be done uh i okay let's let's start with the biggest elephant in the room signature verification the legislature just went through a critical pivotal legislative session leading into an election year of 2024 they Closed that they handed the governor the budget that the gov that the governor wanted, which was a very progressive budget, and then they threw up their hands and said, "Oh well, we have a Democrat governor. There's nothing we can do. All we can do is just hand her the budget that she wants, and then everybody goes home." That is what they're doing. And then there's a whole bunch of other things that we could point out: duplicate ballots, uh, the problems with the site books and the poll books that was 
created by Fontes, uh, who's the current Secretary of State. He was a, the Maricopa County recorder. Uh, we could we could talk about how the public rec. How about, how about the public records request in the state of Arizona? The media has more access to election data and public records requests than the average citizen living in the state of Arizona. These are real problems that the Republican state AZ state legislature that runs on election integrity. But when they get up there at the Capitol, because I've been down there, they listen to every lobbyist you could possibly think of and every interest group you could think of and say, oh, I can't uh, possibly draft or introduce this. I'm just going to do whatever my lobbyist tells me. As a matter of fact, Maricopa County has a chief lobbyist. Uh, let's just call her a uh, negotiator down at the Capitol who is the person that clears all of the election bills. So when the, when the elected legislative member down at the Capitol says, okay, I have a bill, they're seeking the approval of the lobbyist liaison from Maricopa County <laughs> instead of them proceeding with the bill that they were asked to write by what, their what citizens. Bill, though, what bill are you talking about? You still haven't we, said I, what I can bill name off a, I, I just told you. I, I just said. You I just said, said they passed I, I just a progressive budget. What is the bill ballot, about signature that hasn't been passed but you want to pass? Say that again? You say you say want to pass again? a bill, I think, related to signature verification. What is the bill that you want to pass related to signature verification that has not passed but you want it to pass? There, there were about at least uh, about at least eleven bills that were in the legislature that were drafted by a single uh, state representative. And you want to know what the Republican AZ state legislature did? They expelled you that Republican. But what what is that bill? What does that bill do? It does. I, it, I, I just told you. Do, 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 do you want do you want to sit here? Do you want do you want me to give you the bill numbers? No, just just what the. No, I want you to explain what the bill does. Yeah, you, you want to pass. I you just say you want to pass a bill. What does that bill I do? I just said it stops adjudication. It stops duplicate ballots. It puts more restrictions on signature verification. It requires more observers, more surveillance. It gets rid of voting centers. It goes back to precinct level voting. It allows the proper. Uh, uh, information to be produced by the county whenever there's an election uh, data public records request. There's a whole host of things that the that Republicans decided that they were not going to vote on in this past session. And the reason why that's a critical mistake is that in Arizona, if you don't pass an election bill in a quicker in a uh, expedient amount of time, you don't allow the the law to become ripe. So now, when we go, when we get to the next session next year in 2024, it will be too late. So as soon as the Republicans signy die and close the session, that's it. 2024 is lost because you're going to have the same people inside of the county violating the law, approving signatures that they shouldn't. And uh, and then all this stuff that happened with chain of custody, you're going to have the same thing. That's what that's what happened in 2020.
Can I just so expand on something? To, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I was going to go to you. Anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, just very, very briefly. So uh, it touches on what Tira said, and there's a tweet up on the Jumbotron about it. I, I don't know why people are miffed and, and puzzled by the fact that, you know, people went to bed with Donald Trump winning. He was ahead and woke up to Joe Biden ahead, right? There's a reason for that. The Trump campaign went to court and was granted the ability that they wanted the election day ballots not only segregated from mail-in ballots, they wanted the mail-in ballots counted after election day ballots. So I, I don't understand why people are so surprised that when they were done counting the election day ballots, they started counting the mail-in ballots. And we know that it's, it heavily favors Democrats, number one, right? But there's a reason for that, because we saw after the election, uh, a lot of the lawsuits hovered around and revolved around, well, these ballots must be nefarious. There must be something wrong with them, right? Well, of, co of course he was going to say that. He wanted them counted after election day, and he went to court and, and asked for that, and he was granted it. So I don't know where, where this mystery comes from that, well, you know, he shot up in the middle of the night. Well, of course he did. They started counting mail-in ballots. I mean... One second, guys. Too many people talking. Four people. Let's go to Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. Sarah? Uh, thank, yes, thank you. I was trying to mute. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Christian. Christian, did you say that the Arizona GOP uh, executive committee does not support Carrie Lake? Did I hear that correctly? No, we were talking about Jeff DeWitt uh, because, you know, Jeff DeWitt is the is the chair of the party. And so the perception of most people is that uh, the the party itself should be putting out statements in regards to Carrie Lake's trial and the pro and the progression of it and how it's going. And then, of course, when you have a chair of the party traditionally that person is the face of the party and so the face of the party and i'll just give you an example when kelly ward was the face of the party she was constantly talking about the az audit she was constantly talking about what happened in 2020 even in even prior to that in years prior so what we've seen from jeff dewitt has been the opposite jeff dewitt pretty much just rep represents the, the Cindy McCain's of the world. He represents the establishment, the, the, the people who don't uh, want to even talk about election integrity or election fraud, the people who avoid it like the plague. So, so that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jeff DeWitt specifically because that's who I had a conversation with. And actually, Carrie Lake specifically called out Jeff DeWitt in that Gateway Pundit article uh, last week. Let me go to Joa. Joa, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, another point of what Benjamin was saying is even even this whole election fraud claim, it was written up by Tom Fitton days before the actual election. Like everything was set up to make it for the numbers to go up at night. There was already a claim. He wanted the votes to be stopped after he's the one that requested the votes be counted at night. Like just put all the pieces together, guys. And, and like... To have a question is, I know you guys are smart, although we're typically on the, I'm on the opposite side. What do you need to see to finally put this thing to bed and be like, what possible evidence can you see or judgment or whatever that you're finally like, okay, I was wrong. Well, well how about... Joe, you're basically asking me, One second, guys. There's four of you talking. I, I get you all want to answer him. Let me go to Brent. I was Let's actually interested in Doc's answer. 
All right, go ahead, Dick. Talk then. So I, I guess what else do you, we need to see? I'd like to see all 13 of Carrie Lake's trial uh, causes of action heard. I'd like to see all five of her appellate causes of action heard. I'd like to see cases, the Texas case that was dismissed because it was moot that uh, uh, heard by the Supreme Court. You know, here's a case where seven states brought a cause of action saying that the illegal voting in other states, which there was evidence of, diluted the votes in the Electoral College for those states. And that was denied by the, by the Supreme Court because they said the matter was moot. They don't look at the evidence. They use procedural tactics, standing, ripeness, mootness to dispense with the controversy and lay it but, back but all you know on what you're saying. Wait, you're wait, wait. Saying there was a this is theory. what the Supreme okay, so Court said. You are wrong. You are wrong. You. Let's just, let's just you're you're wrong, you can interrupt you're wrong. me. You're the you are wrong, Doc. Doc, remember you said you could interrupt just for clarification. Here's what the Supreme Court said. The state of Texas's motion for leave to file a bill of complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article 3. Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. So it was standing. They didn't have an interest. Thanks. And we've it wasn't all dismissed well, yeah. on standing. It was, just, it was dismissed on mootness. And, and your analogy about Kate, uh, the different I states just read it differently. to you, Doc. That seven was a states, Supreme Court. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the narrative. Time. And when those seven states started counting again, that there were thousands and thousands and thousands of votes for Biden, which caused the graph to go straight up That's and overcome Trump's uh, advantage from the night before. None of those states, to my knowledge, ha- had in place uh, uh, time out at three o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. That did not. So, that's not consistent with their procedure. They all did it together. So your analysis that did this in different states did different things. No, they're supposed to count until they're finished. That was the process and the procedure in those states. In Georgia, they lied and said that a that a water main had busted. What actually came out after the fact, and I'll post I'll post the story if you need to, is that in another building a toilet overflowed. And that's why they stopped. But they oh, and didn't by stop. the way, video Fulton in Georgia County, of them inside the center counting Doc. more votes during that time. Yeah, Doc has been in Doc, the I right add to, I, Let me add to what Doc said, because John Solomon with Just the News did open records request for internal emails for Fulton County officials, and they did corroborate that they told observers to go home. And that was also repeated in local media that observers were reported and told to go home. So then after these people went home, they were found scanning in batches of ballots in the middle of the night, just like Doc is saying. And here's the kicker. That lawsuit that is now being relitigated where they opened and or they're basically looking to unseal the absentee mail-in ballots. One of the things that they actually got from the judge were the ballot images. Only guess what? Hundreds of thousands of them had been deleted and overwritten, right, in violation of the law. And the ones that they did have actually proved that several ballots were scanned in multiple times the entire batch because every time a ballot is scanned, it creates a digital image and has like a, a like a almost like the odometer on your car it goes up one number. So you have the batch, the ballot number, the scanner number, and it's all in rotation. These handwritten absentee ballots that have the identical markings 
had numerous ballot images of the exact same ballot, which actually corroborates the fact that they were scanning in those ballots on that camera in the middle of the night. This is why Judge Brian Amaro actually unsealed the ballots in the first place was because of the revelations that came when they did their analysis of the ballot images. So if you if anybody actually cares to hear facts of election fraud i can provide them to you so if i so, so yes and, and heather right. I, anybody guys that's like five people i know you want to don't mess with heather though she's already been smashing you all all the way through this backing up maga tira let's see if you can come back on her oh, i'm sorry did i i didn't have my i didn't i wasn't uh, listening for a second sorry oh, sorry someone else wait 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 heather are you suggesting that i back away from a fight i really was doing something <laughs> no, no, please sorry. don't even sorry, go there sorry. okay <laughs> sorry heather i mean tira just accept it heather smashed you but anyway go ahead Tira, Tira, go ahead. Wait, no, no, no. I said I wasn't listening to what Heather said. She doesn't need to go. Oh, right. but sorry, sorry, real sorry. quick, I said I wasn't listening. I would love to have oh, someone said, else speak, but Heather, oh, but yes, Heather said, said I was afraid, and that is ridiculous. Sorry, I was doing something. No, no, yeah, I, I did want to ask. Might be right. It is. I mean, her argument was really strong. But anyway, Nate, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would like to ask just a quick question. So, Heather, you're, you're, you've been focused on Georgia. So, even if I give you Georgia, Biden still wins. So, are you saying? So, yes, I'll concede. Georgia was fraudulent. Those republic, those Trump-loving Republicans from Kemp to the Brad Raffensperger, those guys were corrupt, and Trump should have won Georgia. But even if he did win Georgia, he would have still lost the election. So now, what you know? So I, I still don't understand how you keep saying Trump won or Biden didn't win, even if I concede Georgia. Well, at least you're willing to admit that there's issues in Georgia. Thank you for that. Yes. And maybe you might want to talk to the, the talk to the me version. Like, talk to Michael Gableman out in Wisconsin, right? I am one person. There's no way I could have possibly, like, like I looked at Georgia as under a microscope. And if it's possible that that happened in Georgia, it is absolutely possible that it happened in Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, wherever, right? Like, Florida, it's, it's Texas. It's basically the same right? place. Florida, Texas. Well, like, whatever. Too, right? I don't know. I don't know. Because this is funny. Because this is the exact type of tactic that Jim Acosta used when he showed up to CPAC right after the election, right? Is he would go around... And he would he would push the whole the big lie theory and be like, well, why would Joe, Joe Biden or why would Brad Raffensperger want Joe Biden to win? Right. And it's like, I don't know. That's his prerogative. What I know is what I find. And that's what I report. Right. Like these lawsuits, like these ballot images that were deleted and and that they were told to, op you know, be overwritten like the duplicate. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you that. I, I don't want to I don't want to like, like, like I, I will report that, the though. facts. And you can do with them what you will. I'm not going to speculate based on what why Brad Raffensperger is doing what he's doing. Maybe he's corrupt. Is... Maybe he's scared. Maybe he's bought off. Who knows? That's his prerogative. What I know is what I report. And I will give you facts. And you cannot dispute those maybe, facts. Maybe, maybe you didn't understand my question. I'm saying I'm conceding that point. I'm conceding your whole Georgia. I'm saying Trump won Georgia, right? I, I concede that. So even if they came and said Trump won say, Georgia, I, I'm honestly, conceding that point. It doesn't, point. I don't care about Brad Rappinson. I'm conceding that point. But I'm saying even if even if that was to happen, and I'll give you Arizona just to throw it in for fun. I'll give you Arizona and Georgia. Trump still oh loses the election. So you so so. Even though I've conceded two so, states so to you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to what I'm saying. You realize, listen to what I'm saying. No, 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 I've you, conceded you two listen. states. You I've listen. conceded two no, states you're, to you're you, and, and, and Trump still loses the election. 
So now, would you? Well, so You're now, if I, concede, if I stuff. conceded the two states that you in that in, are in contest with you, and Trump still loses, then you must then concede, with all logical sense, right, that Biden still wins the election. If I've given you the two states that you, dude, that you I am not doing shit until we get to the bottom of what happened. Like, I'm not going to concede. We don't know if Trump won. We don't know if Biden won. We know there was plenty of fraud and corruption that they're covering up, and that the common denominator. On all of it tends to be people in the Biden camp. And I'm giving you those I mean, two seriously. states. You're saying these two states are so, bad. So, wait, wait. Wait, so, wait. Let me make one last point before Tira goes on her little tear or whatever or on her soapbox, okay? Here's the thing, right? You guys should all care about election fraud just as much as I do because when organized crime gets embedded into your election process, no Democrat vote truly counted either. And I can tell you being up in the heavy, heavily blue New England, a lot of people up here feel like Bernie Sanders was the real nominee and it got stolen from him. And that very well may be, right? DeKalb County, Georgia had a Democrat that ran for county commissioner and they tried taking the election from her. This is not a right versus left issue. When organized crime and corruption steals our election, we all lose. So stop trying to make this about trump or biden and make it about our freaking country that we're on the verge of losing i want to respond to this okay so she was she was sure. responding to my point so i want to respond to this no one is saying we should look the other way on election fraud right if there's election fraud in georgia they should prosecute if there's election fraud in arizona they should prosecute i am saying yes even and then i'm giving you your point i'm saying okay those elections are fraudulent let's give it to trump but even in the best case scenario if we give those states to Trump, he still loses the election. So now what I'm saying is that giving you the benefit of the doubt, saying your facts are true, giving you the two states that you are saying were fraudulently held, Trump still loses the election. And instead, you can't, because you're so focused in on, well, Trump really won, you can't even concede the point that even if I say everything you're saying is correct about the two states that you've been talking about, you still can't just admit. That, that is Biden a ridiculous wins. hypothetical game theory, nonsensical framework. If you're going to have it bad in two areas with your fouled concept here, who's to say it's point. not bad in I'm more than two areas? It's a, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible argument. Because I'm it's point. a horrible you're argument. What I would, what I would like flipped. from you, Nate, 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 please. It's it's a horrible argument. It it proves nothing on either side, nor you for her. It proves, okay? it proves Biden won the election. Go up, if I concede your point and Biden still wins, no, that, it's, that it's that a, a horrible election. framework that's meaningless to anybody in this space. How, how is that but meaningless? What is meaningful? Nate, that's Nate, not it's true at all. It's, 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 it's hypothetically conceding two states and then yielding the, two the rest. That you guys it's, are saying it's, it's, it's corrupt. I'm saying it's, I give it's it not to you guys, two states. And he still loses. And it's now not you guys two states. It's systemic. It now it's an extra state, right? Because again, Nate, I don't think you please guys answer can something for me. I, I have a question for you. Focus in on this. Go ahead. Tell me. Talk to me. Of course. It's it's like a double hitchback hypothetical that's meaningless in this discussion. But moving past that. With your honest eyes, please take a look at the two graphs, Wisconsin and Michigan, okay? And on the back of Doc's points, and it was anomalous to all of a sudden stop at the same time, all the swing states with all the same context, varying degrees of dodgy uh, excuses and collusive behavior, and votes continuing to be counted after the fact. Nobody is arguing that day of voting would be a little bit different than mail-in voting. Fabulous statistical case makes perfect sense, okay? However, the same exact complete vertical line on the graph 
in every one of the swing states is not possible. Okay, if you were looking at this anywhere else in nature, anywhere else in data, we would all come to the same conclusion. These marks, just like the same hieroglyphs found in, in two different caves, they're identifiable and they're non-natural. And we have to, at some point, look at the graphs uh, as posted. Confluence. Do you know that stock does the same thing? It stops huh? reporting to the public at four o'clock in the afternoon. And then at 9 a.m., it starts trading again for the public, but it actually doesn't stop moving. There's aftermarket and before market trading that happens. I'm, I'm so exactly the same aware. thing you're talking about happens False. every day in no. the financial world? No. I'm Certainly in the financial world, you have predicate for a complete vertical line because you've tallied over. And you have it here, too. It was said that we, they need to separate the ballots. It has no. total reason why that happened. No, and it was set only up by one, Trump to only do one that. person goes only completely vertical at the same time. First of all, you're counting all of the votes from both. Yeah, parties. and there's a there, confluence. There's a reason. Like constantly, I hear like example. Oh, the that Democratic city with all the murders. Do you know that the top ten cities in U.S. are all Democratic? So of course the the murders are in Democratic cities. But when you look at the states with the highest murder rates, they're mostly red states. It's Louisiana. It's Missouri. Like the, okay. the death rates are not happening. Do you understand? Like, you, again, there's no, no way to you have try to frame vertical. things no, in the wrong me, way, in, like, completely there's in the no wrong way. There's no way to have with a two party option, one party to move completely vertical. As you can because of the mail-in ballots and Stop, how people please. are motivated. Just like finish. Democrats are motivated finish. to move to cities because they believe no, in working with others. There's no 100% red or blue cities. Not in the deepest of these Ozarks. Not in the And that didn't happen here cities. either. And that didn't Look happen at here the either. the vertical blue line that's on every swing state graph that happened after hours you would and still the red have line have... also went and the red line also went up just not as much you know I, I, no. I, I, it wasn't We're just talking... one kind I, I, I do want to oh. let me answer that question because it seems like you are you asked me that question so i'll tell you the way i look at it i'm looking at it as unfortunately people just can't accept the truth right and you have florida you have florida you have georgia you have arizona so to believe what you're saying i have to believe there's a nationwide conspiracy from Michigan. Please, this is not about belief. Look at the graph. Look at the line. Use your eyes on the line. You asked me a question, so I'm going to answer that this question. This is not a so I have answer. to. I have to now believe that Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, the Republicans in Arizona, all of them are in this monster conspiracy to overthrow the election for Biden, or do I think, mm, well, if Democrats are being told to vote by mail, then obviously, and those votes are being counted later, then obviously that's going to change the results. But if Republicans are being told to vote in person on Election Day, then obviously when those votes are tallied on that day, then Trump is going to have a lead. Then when those eventually those mail-in votes are counted, then that lead may either shrink or that lead may, Nate, may disappear. So, Nate, again, I appreciate so I the philosophical say, no, I'm just, roundabout. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you want me to believe, based on this, if this is the best evidence you've got, I'm literally not speaking to believe. I'm just, I'm saying it's not convincing to Nate, anyone. Or to, please. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's convincing at all. I think it's convincing to you. Nate, but please. So, so, Nate, are you familiar? Let, let me, you let familiar me reframe this Twitter for you, Nate. Nate. Guys, there's about four people talking there. Let Nate finish his point, then Confluence can go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, I'm, if, if, they, if, if this is the only evidence that you have of this nationwide conspiracy, 
that, you know, from Republicans who are Trump Republicans and the Deep South to the Trump Republicans in Arizona, all against Trump, then I'm saying it's not convincing to me. And I don't think it's convincing to most people. You're, you're missing my actual question. I don't need a philosophical roundabout. I don't need you to put together all the dots over here and over there. What I'm asking you is a very uh, primal uh, a goal that I have here for you. When you look at the blue line that's completely vertical and it's 1520x the height of the Trump vertical line, I'm not calling into question what this does to your worldview and the red pill that you probably needed as a suppository before this very conversation, but you may want to just look at the little tiny red dot versus the long blue line and see that just from not what this does again to your worldview, but just from a observational human eyes to the length of the stripes and this happens in all of the swing states i'm not here to pick up the pieces when your world is affected by things you may not have known prior but at some point you have to objectively look just at the art little tiny dot very long line same identification but you keep saying it's only swing, swing states, states and it wasn't it, it wasn't only swing the swing states. states. But, 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 no, but, you think it's the swing states because you were watching TV and the TV was focused only on the swing states. If you I haven't had a charts, television in, in 20 years, my friend. Thank you. It happened in every state. Yeah, I, it did not. I, I understand. First of all, you, you, you would expect me, some of it to happen. It did not. But just, but just to be clear, you're telling me look at this one piece of evidence, ignore everything else about, about this, right? And all kinds of look at this. All of the evidence, you, though. You keep, you keep cutting me off. You're saying look at this one piece of evidence and ignore all other contexts and all of the rationale. And this piece of one piece of evidence that just looked at it independently. And again, it's not only just swing states, it's other states, as other people have pointed out. But if I just look at the it's, swing it's states, it's not one on, piece finish, of evidence. It's where all of the votes land. If you're gonna, let me finish. So we're talking about. So you said look at just how this worked in the swing states. Don't look at how it worked in the other states. Don't look at and don't look at the implications of this. That there has to be this massive conspiracy and just take my word for it. So I'm going to say I think the argument is bollocks. And I don't take your word for it. And I don't think, and I'm not going to look at one it's piece of evidence. It's not my word. These are the actual graphs of the actual evidence. I'm not going to look at this one piece of evidence in isolation and pretend that the rest of the world doesn't exist. That piece of evidence the, okay, helps, your, helps, your, helps your argument, but it is it is not conclusive to the overall conclusion you're trying to get to. I don't know if you let can understand that. Let me use a metaphor for you. Maybe you can understand that. But let that's, let that's me simplify this with a metaphor. Not just one piece of evidence and try to make a conclusion based on that. Let me simplify this with a metaphor. You could have a million different spending behaviors, some vice, some necessity, some medical, some extravagance, okay? There could be a million different stories about why you would spend this and why you would spend that. But at the end of the day, the net fucking outcome is the balance in the account, okay? You can't look at that. It's it's kind of like a a, a spendy wife on a on a credit card or something and i meant no um sexualization in this comment but it's like somebody in a relationship who says oh but you don't understand all the all the things and what you need to see at the end of the day is the net outcome and that oh that's just one piece of evidence you don't know how i feel or my beliefs and no that is all of the evidence it's the net 
accumulated outcome. You can't just dismiss the graphs of the votes in all of the swing states and say, oh, but that's just one point. That's where all the points land, my friend. That's all of the points summed together in a visual format. If you think that that's just dismissible and what this will do to your worldview you aren't ready for, so you dismiss all of the graphs in all of the swing states. And yes, to the point of my dissent, it is accept accepted or expected that in some states, many of them even, you're going to have a difference in day of and mail-in. I accept that. But when it's 20, 30 lengths of Trump's little dot in the Biden, and this is in all of the critical states, and all of those same states just happen to pull a bullshit reason out to stop from counting, and then everyone justifies it, and newscasters say it Con with a Confluence. Smile. Do you want to look at Michigan, for example? No. The, can, can you, can can you go look at Michigan, for example? It's in the and can you look at APM and where Trump has a vertical line wants to talk about the almost exactly the same as Biden's? Can, 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 can we let him yeah, because there's, can, no, can there's let no corruption in Michigan, right? I, but I want to let him finish his point because he, 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 was going, he was giving a nice little speech right there. So I want to let him finish his point so I can understand what he's saying because he's just essentially just saying no, – My, my point the so is that the, the, the balance of the bank account is where all of the secrets end up landing, okay? You can't dismiss the balance of the bank account because, oh, you don't understand how I felt about this purchase or this – I needed this. I didn't – all of the secrets are told. So you can't dismiss this on the same merits as some incremental tangential item of some non – uh, non-import, okay? This is where all of the data lands. It's not just some data point. It's not just my thought and my graph and my thing. It's where all of the votes land, okay? it's I didn't think this up. It's not this point versus that point. That's literally the net outcome, okay? Well, now, just, just as I've heard holds. you, just because I've heard you out, and I want to make it very clear, I am not dismissing, because you said that a couple of times, you're dismissing the, the graphs and stuff. I'm absolutely not doing that. And so it's, it's, it's showing me is that you're not even listening to what I'm saying. I'm accepting your evidence as true, even though I'm not sure if it's true. That can be bullshit. You could have made that graph, you know, for all I know. It's I'm not accepting. my hold graph, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, It's I'm, not mine. You're not, you're not listening to me because I just said I accepted it as true. I, I, don't, I haven't verified that, but I'm accepting what you're saying. I don't know who you are. I'm accepting what you're saying is true. And I'm saying even if accepting it is true, you're not looking at any other context to it. You're saying look at this one point. And then other people in this space have given you more context and say, well, hey, didn't Trump tell people to vote? And then you just admitted that. You said, yeah, I understand that. And I understand Democrats voted heavily in mail-in. So it would make sense that if mail-in ballots have to be counted after Election Day ballots, then you would expect that – and more Democrats – voted doing mail-in, then you would expect a to rise. some oh, no, extent, hold on, hold on. yes, did, to the extent not, that's visible, I no. I specifically did not interrupt you. But you can't stop interrupting me, even though I'm trying to make my point. So what I'm saying is that even all the context that people have been giving you to the reasons why that happened, it didn't only happen in swing states, it happened in other states too. Some states Trump won, some, some states Trump lost. But then, even we get to the last point, the context of it. Okay, hey, Nate, Nate it, can I just say one thing real quick? That, it also happened for Trump. Look at the nest. No, that's what I said. Trump also had vertical lines. It, it did happen As they Trump. counted mail-in bounties for different counties, some of them were heavy for Trump. Some of them were heavy for Biden. This happens. But with, but with the, and it, it happened for both parties. But this argument is just saying, well, look at this one piece of evidence, which I've accepted as true, and say don't look at anything else because this proves my point. And I'm saying that alone doesn't prove your point. Only thing it does, it shows – that there may be now if you're saying there's a mail-in ballot issue and all this other stuff, maybe we're getting there. But then 
the overall point is that, hey, even if I accept this is true, then I would also have to accept that there's a massive nationwide conspiracy in states that are unrelated, Trump states, Biden states, everywhere, where this also happened to. And I know that you don't what want about that, Santa Claus? That you don't want what to, about you weapons of mass take, destruction? You don't want to take that. Right. Okay, guys. One second. Only thing you want to do is okay. pretend. But I understand. I've made my point. Okay. Thanks for that. Nate. Yeah, guys. Can I, can just I make another one point? point? Yeah. One, one second, Heather. Sorry, I want to go to break, but just before I do, um, guys. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but please do it. I'm not sure if Nick's managed to get all the funds for it, but for everybody else, subscribe to Mario's uh, twi uh, Twitter. It's only one dollar, and essentially <laughs> there is going to be there's going to be sub only spaces, and they're going to be fire because we're going to have special guests. Maybe Nick might join you guys, but we don't know. It's possible. Also, guys, there's comments. Make sure you do your comments. It's bottom right hand side, and I am going to read a co comment out and ask Brick the same question, which is. So basically, until numerous people involved in rigging an election decide to blow the whistle on themselves, we'll probably never see an election rightfully challenged. Brick, bring this back to the Carrie Lake uh, case. What's your thoughts? Is it that we're never going to have, if she's not going to win because we're not enough, we're, we're never going to get a scenario where there's enough legitimate whistleblowers? Brick, go ahead, bro. Well, yeah, I, I think one thing we can agree on, uh, first of all, just going back a little bit, uh, Tier is correct that the uh, Texas case was uh, dismissed on lack of standing. There were things that were declared to be moot, but it was definitely dismissed on lack of standing. But if we look back at 2020, just to preface before I talk about this most recent thing with Carrie Lake, I think we can agree that people have still a deep-seated distrust of what our election process has come to be like. And I think that they're distrustful of that because they can't see all the parts of it. It's not transparent. It doesn't behave in the way that some models say it should behave. And certain things about it, such as mail-in ballots, uh, which were sold to the public as a way that you could conveniently vote from home or vote early, and the sanctity of the vote would be, would be protected because the officials would compare the signatures on the ballot to your signature on record. And boy, that sounds great. That means good. Everything's going to be fine. Those are going to be valid ballots. And people went along with that. So I think what we're seeing right now in Arizona, just on the one case, the one action that Carrie Lake has been allowed to, you know, to put forth in this latest trial, people are getting a look at the sausage factory about how signatures are actually being verified on ballots. And it doesn't look pretty. When you can see tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of signatures being verified in less than three seconds using software in which you have to actually scroll up to see when it initially displays a signature and then you have to scroll the page down so you can look above it to see the comparison signature and then scroll back and then accept it. There's no rational way that anybody should believe that those signatures are being matched appropriately in a time frame of an average of three seconds. Now, some of those signatures were matched even quicker, some of them approaching one second of viewing of the, the ballot versus a signature. And in the case of Maricopa County, while they did have a publicly accessible area where the signature matching process was taking place, there were actually up to 100 individuals 
who were able to work in other rooms, closed rooms, or even from home, work remotely to verify signatures in which there was no uh, validation or observation of the process. So, you know, I, I think that signature verification is something that really is incredibly weak and that people are seeing that. What's not being, you know, the, the Carrie Lake's case is not being dismissed on the basis of, they're not saying that, oh, well, all that verification was valid. That's not what, what's happened. It basically dismissed for other reasons. But people are saying that, hey, in your mind, you have a picture of what signature verification looks like. It doesn't look like someone who was trained for a week, sitting at a desk, reclining in a chair, and pressing a button as fast as they can as new signatures come up on a screen. I think we can all agree that that's not signature verification. So, you know, what I think needs to be addressed is, is looking at that. And nobody mentioned, although Nate was talking about seeding two states and, and saying, you know, what if I give you those two states? Nobody brought up the other thing that happened in many of these swing states, which was the amount of private money that was basically thrown at voting districts, uh, in some cases, which strings attached, basically, hey, we want to help you run your, your election this year. Here's money to help you set up drop boxes in these areas. So I'm not somebody who thinks that the, the 2020 election was completely on the up and up. Um, at the same time, I think you could look forever in the ballots that were cast, run them through the machines again, and you'll always get the same total. I think personally that the, the weak link is non-verifiable ballots being introduced in the system via drop boxes, via untended drop boxes, or via mail-in. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to convince anybody of that, but at the same time, it'd be very difficult for everybody to, to for anybody to convince me that every single ballot, even not just that there wasn't a statistically significant portion of ballots submitted in, say, Wayne County in Detroit or in certain counties in Georgia in which those ballots were, in fact, not actually cast by voters. Uh, we know, for instance, in Wisconsin, that entire nursing homes voted and mass for Democrats. That's just an example. Of course, that's an anecdote, but that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. So, you know, what I'm hopeful for Carrie Lake's suit is that by continuing to progress, even if she never wins the lawsuit, which of course I hope she does, even if she never wins the lawsuit, by bringing attention to the way the ballots that are received via mail or drop-off ballot boxes are processed and signature verification will make enough people realize that that does not work, that we will all seek unilaterally and uh, on from both parties to try and make our elections more secure and find ways to do that. And whether that's curtailing the ability to drop off ballots whether that's reducing who can do a mail-in ballot, whether that's making the signature process verification much more robust and accurate, whether that's instituting uh, voter ID, there's all sorts of things that can be done to tighten up loopholes in the existing state election laws and to enhance integrity of their elections. And I think that there's a lot of, a lot of people upset on each side 
But the bottom line is we should be trying to make the elections more accurate because right now there exist loopholes that can be exploited. And uh, Brian, yeah, I mean, so, so I want to bring in David. Well, I was, I was just going to bring in David real quick because uh, David DM'd us, said he was involved with uh, involved in the Arizona audit and uh, was in you know private meetings that had to do with you know Wisconsin and the the uh, election cases there. Um, so, David, thanks for joining us. Give us a little bit more information on that. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I want to thank brick for what he just said it was beautiful but um i am intimately involved in the arizona audit liz harris is here cancon is here they can both verify that with you um i actually created affidavits that i had a gentleman named josh barnett send to karen fan at her house as well as steve chukri if you remember steve chukri from the board of supervisors actually came out went against his attorneys and said that he was willing to do an audit. He's no longer in the board of supervisors, but he did step up. He was the only one. Karen Fan, Senate president, actually uh, returned uh, communication with us after we sent her an affidavit as well as Donald Trump. And um, what ended up happening was, is we taught her using the law, things that attorneys were not telling her. And it's some of the same things that I'm hearing attorneys say to you guys right now today. Uh, just to give you one really quickly so you can understand where this is happening. And I was also uh, involved in helping Carrie Lake get standing after she lost her, she got her first case kicked out for no standing. I looked at her documents and I saw that the standing was wrong and it seemed that attorneys almost purposely made her standing wrong. I can present the documents to you guys in the bubble so you can see that everything I'm saying is true. Um, you can see where they change her status. They gave her the wrong status, which would not get the right to go to court. And then they would kick her case out. I also saw uh, the Republican attorneys do the same thing with Donald Trump's affidavits. I created 127. I'm sorry. I created affidavits on uh, November 4th or 5th, right after the election in 2020. And uh, you will see that 127 people gave affidavits to Karen Fan to go along with the documents that we gave her in order to force her to come back to work and to investigate the election. Attorneys told her it was impossible. We used the, their own Mason's Manual of Legislative Procedure investigative section to show how, her how the legislature had power to do subpoena. So when they did those subpoenas out of session, that was us directing her. You can go back on Odyssey and see the videos where we're teaching the people how to do it real time. You'll also see around January 7th, Katie Hobbs asked for uh, on the Twitter drops for a account to be killed. I was actually instructing the legislature on how to do the audit. And on January 11th, my Twitter was killed. So I had to get a new one. But uh, in the midst of all this, attorneys keep telling us this, this is, is really a lie. It's an omission of truth. They say, listen, you have to prove so many ballots were uh, invalid in, and overcome the amount of the election being won by. First of all, based on the fundamental principles of law, everybody can get this book. I'll share it if, if it's okay. It's called um, uh, A Collection of Maxims by Charles A. Weissman. 
in America, they have not taught us in our schools the state constitutions which show us how to hold our government officials accountable, and they have not shown us the fundamental principles of law that you can see talked about in Virginia Constitution, in Arizona Constitution, Article 2, Section 1. Every government official swears to follow them, but nobody knows them. Now, in the maxims, it tells you that you don't have to try to prove fraud when you have government service doing wrong. So the way that we got the audit in Arizona, you'll notice that Karen Fan would not say the word fraud. and People got mad at her. I said, Karen, do not say the word fraud, because if you say fraud, you have to prove that somebody did it, which means that you have firsthand testimony and evidence. So if you notice in Carrie Lake's case, she first tried to say there was if, uh, intentional misconduct or fraud. And then what happened was is she asked for expedited evidence and the judge denied her. You can't say that you want expedited evidence of something that you know happened. You should already have the evidence. So to act, to claim fraud was the wrong thing because in law, and they don't show us this, and you can see this in Virginia Constitution, one of the uh, first Bill of Rights, you see where it tells us that the government, the government officers, public servants, are simply our trustees and servants. And they are at all times amenable or accountable to us. Not every four years, not every two years during election at all times. So when the people have an issue or think that the nation is going into a wrong direction, the people have a guaranteed right in uh, order to correct the state to alter, reform, abolish the government. You can see this in the Bill of Rights of Virginia, uh, Section 1, 2, and 3. You'll see where it says we have a 100% guaranteed right to remove everybody involved if we wish or change the constitution to block what's being done wrong. Now, the people who came before me, the gentleman who was the lawyer, um, he made the statement that he can, if he conceded and said that you could have two states that it still wouldn't win the election, that's actually untrue. Because if two states cheated or even one and did not follow the law, the maxims of law tells us that form is a necessity. So. If the government doesn't follow form, it nullifies the whole proceeding. It's fatal. If the people... So just just on that, David. Sorry, one second, yes. David. Just on that. So mm -hmm. basically what you're... I mean, and actually, let me go to Ken on this. Uh, Ken, a lot of people have told us to uh, bring you up because you were following the Arizona case. Is that right? Ken? Con? Ken, Ken. Okay. He's Must be 420. Uh, Sorry? Okay, sorry. So let me ask you the question, David. Um, so David, uh, specifically on this, I get the whole point about the hypothetical that they're talking about, but <clears throat> based on your understanding, how much of a strong chance does Carrie Lake have if she takes this to the Arizona Supreme Court or even the US Supreme Court? Well, the, the problem that Carrie has is the choices that's being made for Carrie are not constitutional challenges. So for instance, she's doing what's called an election uh, challenge, right? Now, what happens is when you do these statutory election challenges, inside of the statute is the remedy that you can have. So attorneys have written the law to be to lean toward what it is that they want. It's a biblical concept. Luke eleven fifty two. Jesus tell you, tells us, woe unto you lawyers for you hide the key of knowledge. So when people are trying to figure out how to get remedy, the lawyers are not telling. Now to prove what I'm saying, we know if we, anybody who's been watching that the bar associations across the nation said that anybody who helps with election audits, they will take their license.
Now, that's not just a threat. We saw it happen uh, with uh, Sidney Powell going to court. They tried to take her license um, and, and several others. So this is something that happens. So with Carrie Lake, when you do an election challenge, you only have so many remedies. The real uh, approach that Carrie should have taken or still can take, she can open up a state case and just demand that the state prove that uh, there was no maladministration. Because if you look at, for so, instance, like, so, okay, okay, so let me let me get Tira back on that. Tira, you got your hand up. Which is um, first of all, could you please provide us with any evidence that the state bar associations are literally saying we will disbar anyone who does an election challenge? Could you provide us? Okay, here we go. Did you did you watch? Uh, no, I'm asking you to provide evidence. You can put it up in the nest. Okay. It, it's, it's been out on video. I will have to like... Yeah, you'll have to go and video, check, right? This is, but this is, I want this, I No, want I don't have to something. go check. I heard it. I'm a first-hand witness. Yes. I'm a first-hand right, witness. Right, I see. Great. Number two, yeah. I... All right, Carrie Lake has made her challenges. She has made her choices of law. I do think her attorneys did a poor job, but I do not know what evidence was actually available to them, They, etc. I don't see... I mean, I think what you're about to say. So you, haven't, you haven't seen evidence? Is that what no, you're saying? No, I watched the trial. So I saw what was presented. No, no. Have you seen evidence with your own eyes is what I'm asking you. No, I don't. Because I have. I, I've seen Jovan. Are you, can I ask you evidence. one thing? I've and I'm not, this is not really a diss or any kind. I'm not you, an you're attorney. You're not an attorney, I'm right? I didn't think so. I, heck no. I'm just one of the people. Because you know what? We the people actually wrote the constitutions when there was no bar association. Did you know that? Listen. You know, the people write the Constitution. Right? Actually, actually, it was law. old white men who wrote the Constitution who were landowners at that point. That's who wrote the Constitution. Uh, are you sure? Young, just, young white well, they were they young were white young men. That's true. true. They were young at that point. But that's who wrote the Constitution because th those were the landowners at the point. So, so they're people, right? So they're people. What, they like, what, what does members? it matter if they're white men? Like, should they I, all have excuse me, I was just pointing out. Because everyone is racist. That's why we're all racist. No, I'm not saying so, that. So I was just pointing out. My, my said, question listen, is. Listen, I think you're making a claim on some people? natural law claims. I don't know what you're saying, but I do not think Carrie Law can I, go. I, I, can I don't up. think Carrie Lake can go in and open a court and sort of basically say, okay, prove to me the election on, was you're valid. Talk, you're, talking to, you're talking about what you think. I'm talking to you about stuff I've done in real life that I can post in the chat bubble right now. Carrie Lake couldn't get standing in Arizona from her attorneys. Trump couldn't get it in like 600 something cases. I can show you the document I wrote to Carrie Lake she gave to her attorneys. And there's people on this call right now who can verify that she said she gave it to her attorneys and we saw her get standing and I used the regular law from the Constitution. Would you like to challenge that? I'm not going to challenge that you helped her. Because I'll swear and to that it. Maybe, I'm you're, not, I'm you're, not, you're interrupting me. Sorry. You're interrupting with no, what you I was think, actually though, asked. That's not I fair. was actually asked to speak. You're actually interrupting me, sir. Um, because Suleiman asked me to speak. You might not remember that, but he did. So here's the thing. I am not at all doubting that you have helped and that her argument about standing was poor. I didn't read. I wasn't aware of those cases. I haven't read them. I know nothing about them. But if you're trying to make the claim, and I thought we were getting to this point, but but then, you know, it, I'm not sure that she can just go in and say, OK, as a public servant, you have to prove to me that the election was valid. I don't think that's going to work. OK, well, OK, so in Georgia Constitution, is it an inherent right that the people have a right to regulate government, that they have automatic standing in courts if they can just 
uh, demand that they show how money was spent, how a law was used, or if a process was followed. Is that in Georgia Constitution and the Bill of Rights right now? I have no idea what's in the Georgia Constitution. See, see this is the problem. No, you have I just no read, idea you just point, about inherent rights no, in our you're country. No, you're saying and that you're, there are inherent rights, there's sort of natural rights, and they're in there. Ma'am, I'm saying what I'm saying what you're forefathers wrote white men in america what they wrote i'm a black man telling you what white man put on paper i'm not i'm not arguing i'm not debating i'm telling you what's written right there and what i'm saying now, you is can you cannot me. you could go look you cannot that. go you will not i do not believe you have to you have to bring a case under Ma'am, law belief is you not what's important what does the law say under law and Sarah, in this case stop talking over a black man excuse me Heather, wow. was that ma'am, Heather? The, Const- the Constitution <laughs> is wow, the law, weird. ma'am. Is the, co- is the state constitution not a higher law? Is the, the thing state constitution is, not a higher when law? When you bring an election law case, it's brought under election laws, okay? I do not believe ma'am, that you can bring... is the state constitution higher, is my question. Because constitu- you're saying things that you really don't no, know. No, that's not true. Is the state constitution higher than the statute? You have to bring a case under election law. Now, you can make claims that election is law is unconstitutional. I'm sorry. Is the state constitution higher not, than the listen, statute, Listen, why don't ma'am? you show me any of the cases... That have been brought not under election law, but just as a general sort of, hey, tell us, prove to us that everything okay, is done go. right. We, we, we can start with this. We, we, can, we can start with the Supreme Court case uh, that just crushed all the um, ATF cases, all the ATF power. You look at the uh, Chevron deference doctrine where uh, a- attorneys and bureaucrats are allowed. They used to be allowed to come in and say what the law is based on their rules and statutes. And then you see that the Supreme Court just knocked it down across the country. There's been like 10 cases in a row where they uh, the, the Supreme Court has come out and said that the people can have ghost guns. The people can have guns with uh, no serial number on it. They can make it at home themselves. That's not normal, ma'am. It's based on the historical basis. Well, no, no, no. If we're talking about gun laws, what the Supreme Court has said is that the Second Amendment right is somewhat unfettered. It is only subject to the laws that were in effect or the limitations that were in effect at the time the Constitution was enacted and or the 14th Amendment. So what the court has... That's called the common law, right? That's called the common law, The court has basically, in this particular case, said the Second Amendment Uh right is so powerful Powerful, mm-hmm. that there is no strict scrutiny. There's no standard like that. We look to see if restrictions are valid by looking at the laws in effect at the time. That is not the case. Yeah, for- so, so attorneys who've been using that all this time have been wrong, right? Because they've been going against people's rights based on statute like you're trying to claim is important. And the Supreme Court says, no, you've been wrong all this time. Now, it takes somebody to challenge with the Constitution and historical basis to make that happen. So when you're dealing with an election case like Carrie Lake, I use uh, her status, correcting her status from being a member of a committee who doesn't have the right to to run for an election in Arizona to being Carrie, Carrie Lake in her own proper person, which is an inherent right for her to be able to be elected. And then she got standing. So when you when you're talking about uh, statute, ma'am, and you're trying to tell me how things will work with the case and with a statute. If you have not dealt with these things and you don't know it, you haven't read it, and you're telling me clearly that you haven't seen these things, you're guessing. Can you tell and can you put me can you point me to an election law case, not a gun case, but an election law case? Ma'am, law is law. No, no, it no, doesn't no, no. matter if it's a no, 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 it does matter. Anything. It actually does matter. No, it doesn't. Because election no, it doesn't. law is no, it a different a different can okay. than, let, let, than let, gun let, laws, let, okay, let, than let the second you, amendment. Let me, you, let me help you understand something very simply, ma'am. The law has fundamental principles that don't change. So when you so 
before the first case that is a big gun law case happens, the the judiciary is preceded by law and constitutions. You can find that in Charles A. Weissman's work on uh, uh, his maxims. You can find that the judiciary is preceded by law and constitution, which means what the people state is what they stand on, not what a judge says to confirm what they stand on. You're looking at the law literally no, back. David, what, what you're doing wrote, is actually what you're suggesting is that you're proposing a novel, law. novel legal theory in terms of election law. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I got proof, the audit. I got the audit in Arizona. I got the audit. I got the only audit. Arizona State Senate, and etc., was biased in terms of that audit, right? I mean, we all know. Were that. you there? Were you oh, there? Stop. They didn't even want to do listen, it. What are you listen, saying? What I'm saying is that is not a legal case. Present me with the legal case. Ma'am, that case. is a legal case. No, it's not. Wait, wait, wait. This is hold the on, Arizona Senate. Are you, saying, are you saying that the legislature handling their business, a political matter, is not a legal case? It is. A you just matter? said are it was really? a political matter. That is correct. Yes. The but state is. Ma'am, the state so is a political association. If the judge ruled in favor of Carrie Lake, Tara would say that the judge was biased. So clearly she has a bias of her own. Wait, wh I'm sorry. What are you saying? Heather, it. what did you just say? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Please say it again. You said that you said the Senate was biased, right? So, like, basically, if they actually come out, if a judge actually came out and like agreed with Carrie Lake, you would probably say they were. No, biased I wouldn't. You're I not actually, in the business. No, that's not true. If a judge had said that Carrie Lake had right. provided the evidence in this lawsuit that she just lost, mm -hmm. I would have agreed with that because I would have said, okay, the court looked at the evidence and they made a decision. I might have thought maybe. Wait, okay. Did the did the judge so, not did the judge not say that? When 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 the media came out and said that Carrie Lake's claims were a bunch of phony and false things, did the judge come out and not come out and say, no, I did not say that her claims were false and that there was nothing there. The issue is, is that the claim she made, there was no evidence of the exact person who did it to prove that these things happen. That's not the judge didn't say none of this stuff happened. Uh, uh, the judge based oh, we're going through this again. OK, the judge said that she had not proved that Arizona had not engaged in signature verification. OK, in fact, two of her witnesses that, that, basically said talked about signature verification that they had done. OK, that's why the judge said can you, can you repeat the words you just said that the judge said, because I want you to hear yourself and what you just said. Because Carrie Lake, like I told you in the beginning of the call, made the wrong, her team made the wrong choice of what to go after. You don't say there was no signature verification because you can't prove it because you weren't there. See, the government cannot be what's called inadequate. Look in the chat bubble. I post something from Virginia Constitution that tells any government in the nation, whenever the government gets in the danger of maladministration, which is what this is, when you're not administering your government duties correctly, the people can remove you with no judge, no court, no nothing. That's the end of law right now. So the people so, can just sort of say, I'm removing Katie Hobbs because she's not doing her duties. They can remove, so the, whole, why, they can me, remove the whole government okay. and change so, the constitution so right now. So why, in fact, are they not doing that if it's so clear that... Be because, they, because they haven't heard this yet enough. Not enough people know about it. You, did, you didn't know about it. You didn't read what was in your own state constitutions or in the state constitution. I had to tell you, and I'm challenging you to go look, but it's in the state constitution. I put it in the chat bubble. It's in Virginia Constitution Section 3 of the Bill of Rights. It tells you that whenever the government becomes inadequate or in the danger of maladministration, they don't even have to maladminister stuff. They could just be in the danger. It says that the people have an indubitable, that means it can't be questioned, uh, indefeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish 
any government at will at any time, however they think it's. So, Dave, David, let me ask you a question on that. So, yes, sir. how would the people how would the people go about doing that? Because obviously, not obvious, but the argument is that actually the people, or maybe the majority of people, elected Katie Hobbs in. So, how would you go about? Doing well, it's, it's, it's not the majority. Um, what it is is that things have happened to make it look like it's majority for the media to say it, but it's not the majority. I'll, I'll give you an example how you can tell. If you just no, look just tell at... Me, no, no, I get, I get that. David. So okay, I'll tell you how to do it. This, so how to do it. Se- yeah. 1776, the people came together, discussed what their rights were and what the king was doing wrong. The king had a bigger army. The king had money. They literally came together and decided that they were going so to declare that they context, were going to be independent. I just, I just want to specify because I, I, I want to make sure that people understand what you said. So okay. In today's context, who would yeah. be the people that would come the, together? The people are just the regular Good citizens. Part, so, like, yeah. so like, so like, so like the PCs are coming do together. Do how would they do it? Like, yeah. like, we're, like, hold on. Let me, can, can I, can I, can I explain, please? You like get we're you on, a group of like badass patriots like come together. You write down the new law, new constitution. Declaration literally says when your government becomes so corrupt that it threatens the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of its people, that you have the right to alter, abolish it, and institute. Yes. That so right now we're so we're assembling. We're yep, assembling right now. Right now, right now, we're assembling right now. Now, the thing is, is that Mario has a huge platform. We are assembling now, discussing law. And I can see out the corner of my eye, my phone is going crazy with people following because they realize I'm telling the truth about remedy. So Wait, the you have come not, together, they, we, how do they, who are the people who come together and how do you prove they're a majority? The, the, how do you the prove people they're a majority? Are regular, re- Regular, regular Americans are the people. But how do you 3% prove they are the, the majority of the people in the state? I don't have to prove. We just come together and whoever has the most are, are going to win. So it's, it's like you sort of you count have to off. Prove. Is that it? I mean, really? So it's, so it's a, I, why do I have I mean, to count, what, ma'am? The people who are going to come to deal with the issue are going to come. And that's what it is. Wait, 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 wait David, 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 David. I just want to understand your point. We'll do so it with mail-in people... ballots, Tara. So, 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 David, you said people come together and they have to yes. be the majority. So and how would you find out that the major who are the majority that vote wouldn't they? Well, it, it is very simple. So like when we wanted to audit in Arizona, right? We came together as the people. We met at MTech Center, and the people started approaching the legislature. the The number of people who were there who wanted the legislature to do an audit were able to get the legislature to do the audit. There was more people who wanted to do it than people who did not want to do it. So no, no, anytime- I get that. I, David, I know how a majority works. I know how to calculate to work out the, what a majority well, right, is. At That's the end of the day- question. Please help, no, please help me understand more clearly, sir, because it seems like no, you're asking yeah. me how do you I know- get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. Let me let me like add to this. I think what they're saying is like, so in theory, right, like in 1776, right, those Mm -hmm. original patriots that signed their death warrant, uh, basically, and we're like, we're going to form our own nation, we're going to declare our independence. They were met with hostility, right? But ultimately, mm-hmm. the majority ruled. The majority came out on top. They won the war, and that's what so. Are happened. you saying a war? Yeah. Are you saying no, a, what an, I'm an saying insurrection? Is, is that what? Ma'am, why did why, saying... why did you why did you skip no, everything she no, said and go straight wait, to wait, war? I don't understand that. Here. 
I'm saying that if if people in Arizona, if a body of people in Arizona got together and said, you know what, we want to declare our independence from this government, or you know, there's already talks of like national divorce among other states, right? There's this isn't mm-hmm. exclusive to this region of the the world either. It's like the Brexit and all that stuff that happened. Like people can decide not to be a part. But Heather, of Heather, and that's, establishment. That, that's, Heather, 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 that's why I'm asking because Brexit, as an example. So I'm from the UK. It happened based on a referendum, which was a vote of the people, and the majority of people at that time voted to Brexit. So the reason I'm asking this specific question is, if you're gonna calculate or tabulate who are the majority, let's take Arizona as an example. Yeah, you could you're hold a new election. You're essentially, you could have a exactly. nonprofit that so, says, "Hey, we're gonna everybody show up on this day if you want to branch off and declare independence from freaking Katie Hobbs." And then everybody could usher in there and put their name on a piece of paper. And if you get the majority of people in that region, then why not allow it to? Yes, all you, all like, you have to do. Why all you have to do is give. All, all you have to do solution. is give. It did happen, ma'am. That's how we got America. All you have to do is give legal notice of what <laughs> you're doing. Ma'am, you might laugh, but I'm giving you real facts of real life. It, it happened with pro, it happened with pro, it it happened with prohibition too. It happened with pro, it hasn't happened with Carrie Lake because Carrie Lake is using attorneys who have been taught like normal attorneys who don't understand the maxims. That's why I can open up the maxims with any attorney on this call and dare them to challenge me on it. And none of you guys will stand up to me. None. And I'll let people read from the book. While David, you get David, David, that's fine. That's fine. Look, I just want to understand what you're saying. I, 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 um, I think. I understand OK, can you can you just so, ask? Can you just ask them to stop so you can ask me and I can engage you and then I'll shut up. I'll say I'll answer what yeah, you want. Yeah. And I'll I'm just going to I'm just going to relay what I think your, your your sin should happen and then just correct me if I'm wrong on some aspect of it. Yes. So, sir. Uh, if so, based on what you're saying, what would happen is. Uh, you'd get a scenario where people would come 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 together in Arizona. There'd be some form of voting. You don't need to call it voting, but there'd be some form of way of fig- figuring out who the majority are. If the majority make the decision that they want to separate from the United States or separate from Katie Hobbs, so would this be like a separate region from the United States, a separate region from Arizona? Is Am, am I getting that right? Please explain. No, sir. It's completely wrong, and I'll tell you why. People will come together. You were right in the first part. But remember, in, in America, we actually don't have rulers. We are act. The people have all political power. Article 2, Section 2 of Arizona Constitution. You can see it in Virginia Constitution across the country. So we don't have a king or a queen. So because we are the ones in power and they're only servants, when we don't want their service, we can send them back to the private realm. If you look at John Locke's work, you'll see it in uh, his two treatises of government. He tells you that when the government gets out of line or they're going against their trust, the people can send them back to their private work because they have had a breach of trust and they are no longer in agreement with the will of the people. So at the elections, and he says this in section uh, 114 to 121, he says, if the elections are ran in a different way than what the people allow, the government is dissolved. He okay, said that. David, 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 I get it. So I get your point now. So essentially, again, just let me try and rephrase it. So you're yes, essentially sir. saying the people come together, they have a essentially another vote. And if the vote is in the majority, K.A. Hobbs is basically usurped and you basically can put somebody else in place as a leader. Net usurped because we are but the she, highest. She's just yeah, yeah, I get it. I get we it. Can, okay, let me, no, no, can, no, I, can no, I tell no, you exactly no, how it no, goes? One, one second, David. Don't worry about the terminology. Okay, she's removed whatever you want to call it, she's removed and someone else is put in her place. Is that right? And not just Katie. Anybody who we want 
who we're not happy with their service because they're just yeah. servants can be removed on the spot and the people can hold new elections so that somebody can be picked with a with a civil process to tell who's going to be in office. I mean, that, that sounds like a strong argument that does, David. Uh, Tira, there what, is what, a what, recall. What There's why, something called why, a recall. Why, why is the people not following? Sorry, Tira, let me just yeah. push you. So why? I mean, David's come out with a very strong argument there. Why isn't Katie Hobbs' legal team or why, why aren't they going ahead and doing this? Isn't Katie Hobbs doing I've asked this? Her to, sir. Because Katie I've Hobbs is the to. governor. I mean, sorry, Carrie Lake. Okay. Carrie Lake. Listen, sorry, Carrie Lake. The, I'm, I'm because sorry. there is a recall provision in Arizona. So after six months in office, you're allowed to recall. So that would be the that would be the procedure used. I assume if you wanted to do this, I that's one procedure, man. I, I really that's not, that's it is all. really hard. Okay. I do not think what you're proposing would fly legally. I understand that you're suggesting that somehow these inherent rights trump any sort of consti- state do. constitution, etc. But they, the, we, the reason they why... They are the state constitution, man. The reason David, why, David, listen, David, the reason David, David, why we have, the, sorry, we have our country is because there was an armed insurrection. Now, you're not saying that. You're saying that people just come out and all of a sudden you come up with some procedure and then it's all done. You have a procedure. Are you calling, are you calling patriots insurrectionists? We, there was, what, what I'm saying is you had a, you had a right, no, war. Are you calling the founders Ma'am, of the country There was a war. No, sorry. Bad no, no, language. they just declared independence, ma'am. They didn't make war. That, that didn't happen. They just declared they independence. Declared independence, and, and they were yes. aggressed upon, and they defended nobody started themselves. a war, ma'am. That didn't happen. Fine. Okay, listen, I c- please forgive me for jumping in, but that no, didn't happen. David, I don't think what you're suggesting makes sense to me, but I really, you it's ma'am, you just you just told something that wasn't true, though. You just said there was an insurrection. All they did was declare their independence and said we don't want to be with them anymore. And then England came over and attacked America. We didn't start a war, ma'am. That that's not being honest. You shouldn't do that to the people. You know because what? I, these are God-fearing people me. looking for answers. To, you should I am not going tell. to take back the the what I'm going to. You really don't know your facts, Joa. Can you can you talk? This is crazy. This is just crazy. Well, ma'am, ma'am, I, yeah, I apologize. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt to, you, ma'am. Here, I'm I sorry. I don't want to because but I, it's. Just I just like want to let, let Joe, David, David, let somebody, let, let Joe speak because we've got. Yeah, we've it's got just absolute nonsense. Like it's like nitpicking at these little things. It doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest. Like, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about legal case the way most people who aren't lawyers talk about legal stuff. You know, I, I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say here because it's like I, I feel like I'm talking. I'd rather talk to a wall right now. OK, you could do that. OK, here. let's it's go for wall. all sauce. I don't think I'm available. I'm that. available, Joe, if you want to talk to me. I'll, I'll take that as a <laughs> conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you make sense. Though. <laughs> OK, Brick, because he wants to talk to you. Go ahead, bro. All right. So, you know, like another another problem I already the last time I was speaking, I was talking about how people are becoming basically disillusioned that the controls that are there in elections are actually being run properly and that the elections are uh, as secure as they should be. But I think that, you know, many of us, we, we may not be lawyers, we may not work in election law, but many of us do have experience in business or in some sort of process. And what I'd like to, to get at is, is that there's also a lot of people just feel that there isn't really a way to audit any specific election that just transpired uh, in, a, in a timely and effective manner. And I'm not saying that every election all the way across America needs to go to a full uh, a full audit. 
uh, every time an election is held. Certainly, there are some. Uh, you know, many states have a a margin where if it's if the margin of of victory is within a certain percentage point, that triggers a certain mandatory recount and things like that. What I'm talking about is more like a process audit where you want your elections to be functional, you want them to be airtight, you want them to work perfectly. Why are we not, after each election, examining all facets of the election to see if, in fact, everything was on the up and up and everything went according to plan? You know, so if we go back to 2020, which I don't really want to do because we're, we're going to be, you know, I'm not going to talk about whether or not, I specifically just want to mention that it was not really possible to timely audit many of the results in the various states that were being challenged. There just really wasn't a mechanism in place that you could do this. And, and, and I think, honestly, I think it should be like automatic. I think that there should be a, a fraction a percentage of each precinct of each voting districts within a state in a federal election that at random or, you know, gets audited or perhaps, you know, each party can challenge one district or something like that. I don't know what the solution is. I just think we do need something that is a more robust audit of a, of a, and not just robust, but also quicker, faster, you know, one thing that happened in Maricopa is after the election was over and Maricopa County is uh, going through the process of verifying signatures, you know, Carrie Lake's team was already requesting certain information um, about the election. And the you know, Maricopa County just said, well, we're not going to do anything until we finish counting signatures. And they and then, you know, it took them a while to click all those buttons, but eventually they got through with it. So, you know, I, if we look going forward at what I want, what I really want to have from Carrie Lake's lawsuit. I want her to win. I want to be overthrown. I want her to be put in as governor. <clears throat> Failing that, I want everybody to see just how inaccurate signature verification is. And beyond that, the other things that, that she brought up in her lawsuit that weren't heard in this last case, I would love to see those actually heard instead of being dismissed on a standing basis. And I, I think that we... I think we all agree that we want elections to go forward and the electorate to have trust in the process so that we don't get bogged down in these discussions ad infinitum forever. And so we need to we need to find a way to make future elections be trustworthy and verifiable. Amen. Hey, hey, Brick, to, to your point, to your point, Brick. I have a question. Right, for you want to talk after the break? Yeah, go ahead, Joa. And then I want to. I want to go to all. Actually, Joa, I want yeah. Joa and Kira to answer this question. If, ahead, hypothetically speaking, you, honest to God, if you both were convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that the election was stolen, right, and that the people occupying that office were corrupt, in bed with bad people, so on and so forth, how would you then? fix that situation uh, heather like <clears throat> what brick was saying to me like rings true to me right like do you did you guys have reason to believe that there was possible fraud yes looking at some of the data it's possible you should raise a flag and be like what the fuck's going on here right and i think we should do that as americans 
But then when you start to actually dig into things, just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's fraud, right? Most of us have never done anything perfect to a T, right? It doesn't mean that it's fraud. And <clears throat> yes, there should be better ways to verify signatures, but are they mostly verified correctly? Yes. Did, did we see, did, like I even posted in the nest, you look at the donations in those battleground states, all of them went up after the first debate for Biden. A lot, not a little bit, a lot. They all spiked, right? And I understand why certain states you're picking on, if you look at the numbers, they were states where, where the donations were mostly going to the Trump, to Trump. And then he lost, he lost the lead for the donations after that first debate in August, right? And things changed. And people were like, wait a minute, the whole state was for Trump. What just happened? Right. And so the, you're going to raise questions and, and try to make ties that don't ex that I believe don't exist, because I'm looking at people donating and saying, OK, there's reason to believe that did state did go this way. And sometimes I'm very convinced, like recently, and I hate to bring this example up, but recently I was saying all meme tokens are all are all shit tokens and they're horrible for the industry and everything else. And then I spent eight hours digging into a certain one. And I'm like, wait a minute, this actually doesn't follow any of the normal protocols of why I judge them as completely horrible. Right. Um, so yeah, raise the flag. Yes. There's a, there's an alert. I think that's what everyone on this panel does well is like, Hey, something doesn't make sense here. We all do that really well. And then some of us on certain subjects might get it wrong. And some on certain subjects, they might get it right. But we can't just keep going at it like with these things. And then you have to realize where certain data comes from. There could be people who signed affidavits could be politically motivated. We could see the white, the dress with that's gold and white instead of seeing the dress that's blue and black because we saw it from a different angle. I did an ad in my in my history where there was like a young girl bending over a car getting money from an old guy. Right. And then the cop pulled up and you thought it was prostitution. It was a guy giving money to his to his daughter. Right. Like depending on when you take the snapshot, it does make a difference. If you know the whole story, you don't know the whole story. And I think at one point we got to say, hey, when this happens, when I dig deep enough and I can't answer these questions like, OK, yeah, I still have my doubts, but I can't prove them. Let it go. Joe, the problem with elections, though, and I appreciate you saying that, that, yes, you know, people shouldn't continue to be gaslit, that when they do see an issue, they should raise it. But with elections, there should be a higher standard. It can't be mostly count the signatures properly. In Carrot Lake, for example, you have 250,000 ballots uh, approximately that have to get counted, verified the signatures. Let's say, for example, even 90 percent are counted <laughs> properly and 10 percent aren't. You're talking about 25,000 votes in a race. No, that was but, lost but by Cal, think of it this way. It's going to happen for both, though. Like the probability yeah, of excuse. miscounting a, a vote for one or the other, they're going to actually excuse, cross each cross them out. Except, me, except in the case of Arizona, except in the case of Arizona, the, you know, the, the, the mail-in ballots were preponderance of mail-in ballots were not from Republicans. So yeah, I would agree with that statement that it would cancel each other out if there was an even distribution of mail-in ballots along party lines, but there was not. And Brick, not only was it mostly Democrat mail-in ballots, but the people who voted on election day were disenfranchised and mm -hmm. then gaslit, well, oh, you messed up. You guys didn't harvest and do mail-in ballots. You shouldn't have voted on election day. Yep. 
which, by the way, election should only be on election day. We shouldn't have election month. It should be election don't, day. But don't we're conceding, let me just finish. We're conceding way too much when we talk about elections and that they're mostly counted correctly and there can be a little bit of fraud. Why do we accept that? There should be no fraud. Man, this I'm not saying it's we, fraud. I'm just saying they're not perfect. Right? Okay, I'll concede but that. Not error, fraud. There's, a, not there's fraud. always going to be a margin be of error. There's, there's a margin of error in any any statistical analysis. There's always a margin of error. Always. So I'm not going to say it's perfect, and it never like will that. be perfect. Well, what, what about the you know, fact actually, that they let's, did... let's find out about that. One second, David. One second, David. Okay. So I want to just go to um, Garrett Archer. Thanks for joining us, Garrett. I know you are involved in the... And if you can explain or, or elaborate what... what you know what your position is and how um in terms of the elections so i know you were involved in it in arizona because i i remember at that time i was actually keeping up to date about what was happening in arizona through your through your twitter feeds but anyway please tell us what what was your role in the elections yes hi my name is garrett archer i'm a reporter with abc 15 uh i before being a reporter though i was a um I was a uh, elections official with the Secretary of State's office. So I am intimately familiar with many of these processes that are being discussed. And uh, so, um, things, I mean, what's yes. your thoughts on... Oh, sorry, yeah, but continue, please. No, no, please. No, you please. Uh, so what's your thoughts about... Uh, first of all, do, what's your thoughts about the uh, Carrie Lake's claim in the first place that this election was stolen, the ballots weren't counted? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Well, um, I believe that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to defer with the courts, uh, the court ruling on that um, as far as, you know, what uh, was ruled. However, what I will say is that, you know, when it comes to sort of the some of the arguments that, uh, for example, uh, the, the signature, oh, I'm going to start with ballot injection, um, because that's that's one that a lot of uh, people, you know, with, because signature verification is, on the, is, is something that's being discussed. Ballot injection is something that is required uh, for signature verification uh, for, for something at odds with that. So what, you know, what, what people may be missing is that in Maricopa County, as well as other counties, uh, you know, we are electing uh, uh, some, some upwards to 70 plus contests. Uh, and that means that our elections are subdivided, not just by precinct, but also by precinct. Uh, by uh, municipal districts, other districts that don't follow political jurisdiction lines that are redistricted. Uh, that means that there are 16,000 different ballot styles Garrett, in one election. Garrett, Garrett, yes, Garrett, I know this Garrett. is in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, you, you, no, no, we, we love it, but the only problem is the, your volume is really bad. It's really hard to listen to. I try to fight through it, but it's... Uh, okay, let me do it. Okay, up. sorry about that. Um, let me let me do it this way. Sorry. So the ballot styles, uh, there's about 16,000 ballot styles in Maricopa County, um, and each of those is assigned to an individual voter. Uh, and so we ha we're having the same problem again, uh, Garrett. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I can I can I can say what he's talking about though. What's going on with Maricopa County and the election styles is unlike maybe some of you live in a state where you have a local precinct and they have a list of who can vote at that location. They have the ballots ready for you and it's only that one ballot. Anybody in Maricopa County can vote at any voting center in Maricopa and the ballot on demand is printed for them based upon their you know what what contest they should be voting in. 
And so that's what he's talking about, the, all the different ballot styles. That's why they have to be printed on demand. And you can make the argument that, gee, that's perfect and that's really convenient that you can vote anywhere you want to at any, at any location. But you also at the same time have to admit that it does uh, create a certain amount of complexity into the entire process. It certain, certainly introduces an, an element of variability. And that element of variability is something that uh, was, was one of the showcase last election in Arizona. Um, Garrett, your volume is really bad and it keeps on unmuting. Is there any way you can sort it out? If not, we will. Um... So, yeah, if you can sort it out, we'd love to come to you and get some more information from you. But in the meantime, let me go. Actually, can I ask a question to break those, awesome. Suleiman, based on yeah, that go, point? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Rick, so my question, though, about the, you know that everything you laid out, the complexity of Maricopa County, et cetera, because I understand it. The question I have is, was this a new procedure that was done in Arizona or is this how, you know, specifically Maricopa County? Or is this how Maricopa County has always voted, at least, you know, for the last couple of elections, decades, years? When was this implemented? Okay, so I'm not a I'm not a resident of Arizona. I do live in California, but I know that this is a relatively recent change for their voting style. I'm sure that there's people here in Arizona who can talk about it. But, you know, it, while I was over there doing uh, volunteering and door knocking and stuff like that, I, I spoke with many people who said that this that it was relatively new. This is not the way they'd always done it. There was a change away from precinct counting, uh, to not just in balloting. You know, basically the technology to print these ballots was uh, a relatively recent introduction, along with a shift away from counting the ballots at the precinct level and shipping them to a central processing facility. So there's a lot of moving parts in Maricopa County elections in 2022 versus, uh, you know, I would, I'd say if you went back 10 years, it would be completely different. And the reality is you have a lot of people in here that talk, I mean, Marion Solomon, you guys do crypto spaces all the time. You know what I mean? What are you, what are you talking about when you talk about crypto? You're talking about diversifying liability, decentralization, all the moves that have been made in Arizona and in a bunch of states across the country are towards, ultimately the end goal is a federalized election but they're slowly moving that way with centralized systems, centralized tabulation, centralized aggregations of the cast vote records, all going that same direction. And it seems nobody seems to care that when they add complexity and they make more errors that, you know, there's no accountability for that. It should be at the local county level who administers and counts counts the votes. And that's one of the main problems we saw in Arizona. But so I guess what I'm so but who instituted that change? And I guess, and, and, and David, I know, uh, I mean, Garrett, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the elected, the elected officials in Maricopa minutes, County so did. Anyway, go ahead, Rick. Sorry. Yeah, it was the elected officials in Maricopa County. I mean, you know, it was, it was uh, basically, um, yeah, I don't think it was, I'm not sure if it was, I, I'm going to have to do some research here. I, I'm sure certain aspects of it were, had to be gone, you know, put to the electorate, but Certainly, state laws had to be changed. Uh, uh, you know, had to operate within that framework. I, I do not know everything you're asking about, but it was not as if uh, the the people of Arizona rose up in mass and say and said, "We want decentralized elections. We want uh, we want everybody to to be able to vote wherever they want." This is really 
That's only a Maricopa County thing. Not every county in Arizona does that. Maricopa County does. Um, and this is one of the things. So, this is one of the just some breaking news, guys. Sorry, Coach Charles, before I go to you, because I want to go to Archer as well. Uh, but um, just some breaking news. Uh, in terms of Mario subscriptions, Nick has finally subscribed. He raised the funds. He got to a dollar. He subscribed. But if any of you guys want to subscribe, then press the subscribe button. Uh, we will be doing subscriber-only spaces, and we are having some exclusive guests, some major guests coming in. So make sure you subscribe and be part of that subscription service. Uh, Archer, I'm not sure if you've uh, parked up yet, but if you have... I have. You know, Is this better? Unmute. Oh, is this better? Bad. It was painful. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So uh, I, I heard someone say that this is a new phenomenon in Arizona. It is not. Vote centers have been used by several counties uh, for uh, more than uh, for several, for, for at least a decade. Uh, Yavapai County, uh, Mojave County, two of the most Republican counties in Arizona have been using uh, and employing vote centers for quite some time. In Maricopa. Uh, although what I was talking about with precinct parts and ballot styles, that's not really a uh, uh, that that hasn't that's not a function of vote centers. That would happen during precinct voting as well, um, because you still have these precinct parts, these uh, municipal districts, county islands, uh, uh, school board districts that do not follow political jurisdictional lines. So the point I was making is that every one of these ballot styles is attached to a person. Uh, who is a voter and at the end of the election there are there's the cast vote record and what's called the uh uh the it's a ev34 i believe it is uh, and that's the voted file for maricopa county and that file has an associated ballot style to it so you can roll up both of those 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 files and say okay how many ballot styles do we have per person registered person that voted and how many ballot styles do we have in the cast vote record and as long as they reconcile uh, you pretty much have your indication that no ballot injection was possible in the election simply because of the reconciliation of those two files. Uh, that is a massive uh, security uh, mitigation of uh, you know the election, the way that we do things here. Um, another thing I, I heard someone say about an hour ago, uh, someone was talking about the, the, the line, the, the line of the, the, I guess the quote unquote fraud meme. Uh, I, I did track 2020 by batch, and before I got on here, I checked what Maricopa, or what Arizona looked like at uh, uh, about 30 minutes before uh, or after polls closed. And Biden was up 330,000 votes to Donald Trump uh, at the beginning of the election, and as time went on, because we tabulate our votes early, our early ballots are done first, as the election day ballots came in, that is when the uh, uh, election started to shifting towards Trump to getting to that 11,000 total. So that's another example of, of as to why that particular, uh, you know, Arizona sort of shows that, that that's not, could not have been really the case, especially in Arizona. There was no three o'clock stop where things changed because it started with Biden and then Trump sort of showed up uh, and, and started gaining on him. So, um, and, you know, and that's an excellent point because I guarantee I think that I, there's other states that follow that model. There's some states I think a lot of people are used to uh, election day voting first and then mail in voting. That example, I think, is very important because that I, I, Ohio does something very similar where we saw in 2020 Biden was winning Ohio. And then because all the early voting was counted first and then we, we had the, 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 the election day votes and then Trump absolutely won. But so, David, uh, Garrett, I, I have a, a question, Garrett, on, on the specifically, I think that and 
Brick mentioned this. The, what the the changes that and I don't know if you you might know this on the top of your head. I guess the, I guess there were some changes to how Maricopa County and the other counties kind of tabulated the election, ran it, this ability to vote in other precincts, etc. Do you know on the top of your head what year that change was that a twenty twenty change because of COVID? Was that a change prior? Did are you, you talking? Know you're talking your about head? the. Uh... Are you talking about moving to more the the centralized count from like precinct voting? No, 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 no. He, what he's talking about is the precinct model previously in Maricopa, whereas the ballots were assigned or the, the individuals were assigned per precinct level. And then Runbeck installed and implemented the ballot on demand style in Maricopa County, whereas what you're speaking of now, an individual can go to any precinct, sure. any voting center and have a ballot printed on demand. Why was that done? And when was that done exactly in your uh, opinion? That that was done in 2018 in Maricopa County. That was the first election with a vote center. Um, and uh, Are you sure about that? I, I thought that was I'm, done after It is 2018. No, it's not done after that. 20. I think 2018. Um, and one of the reasons it was done, and, and, and again, this is just one of the reasons. Uh, you don't, don't, don't say that you know, this is all the reasons. But for example, uh, uh, there was a case. Uh, it was Andy Biggs versus Christine Jones. It was the recount case. And uh, one of the things that, uh, Christine won in that election uh, case was that uh, people who at, at the time people who were out of precinct voters were being uh, required to vote provisionally uh, and our provisional ballot numbers were through the roof at the time uh, and so when that change was implemented our provisional ballot numbers dropped like a rock because we no longer had in precinct I mean, anybody could vote anywhere essentially at that point so uh, that, that was one of the reasons that that was changed but don't quote me on that being the entire reason of course because there's a lot of complexities that you know I'm not wholly aware of Yeah, I'm um, sorry, you broke up that. Oh, I, I just said that was one of the reasons that the change was made, um, was was because of the out-of-precinct voting. Uh, people were having to be assigned provisional ballots simply if they voted. You know, like I had, I have a vote center uh, a mile away from me, but then, um, uh, you know, if, if I accidentally went to uh, a precinct two or three miles from me, I would have to fill up ballot uh and so this change was implemented so that would not be the case any longer uh and i could just vote there now of course that that means that a lot of those votes are tab tabulated at central count they're not used you know at the time prior to precinct prior to the vote center model each of these precincts would have their own uh tabulator uh once we move to a vote center model out here they do have some as as you saw obviously on election day there were there are icps uh, assigned to the uh precincts that are surrounding the vote center that are in-house but then if you vote uh, if you cast your ballot um, in, uh, you know, Gilbert, but you live in Mesa, then it's probably going to go to ICC, which is the. You're just breaking up that guy right a bit. I'm sorry. Um, I was just no, explaining I, how. I think, yeah. I, think it's, it's a, it's, I think that's an excellent point that because of the concerns of provisional ballot, because, I mean, I, that causes further issues with counting the vote when you just have a substantial amount of provisional ballots. Can, can, so can we just hear him finish that? He stopped at ICC. I just want to hear the rest of that. You were saying provisional. Oh, oh no, that's, that's, that's where I stopped. That's where I started. So, so in the current model, there are certain, uh, if, if you, if I, if I vote at my votes in that precinct, there is probably a precinct, there is a precinct tabulator in the vote center for my precinct. But say, for example, if I in that vote center, but I live 20 miles away then you know there that's a, a situation in which my um i believe that my tabulator my, my vote will be sent to central count 
which is the uh, MECTEC tabular. And I, I right, so I, I can yeah. go to any precinct and get my ballot printed, but that precinct can't can't the ICC the tabulator can't count any style ballot. So that's why it's going back to central. Uh, that, that's my understanding. And again, I, I could be wrong because there's a lot of complexities, but that's my understanding. And see, this, and see, this is this is why I said earlier that the Republican AZ State Legislature has this crazy position that there is no problems with our elections and that they're going to choose not to do anything whatsoever about all of the obvious problems that we have from voting centers to signature verification to chain of custody to to public records requests regarding election data. This is all on the Republican AZ State Legislature, but they're just throwing their hands up and saying that they're not going to do anything about it. And so, and no, so, but and Christian, so that, if I may ask so, you, and so now, and so now, yeah, and so now, now that we've seen this through two consecutive significant elections, and Arizona is one of the battleground states that will decide the presidency, we're going to watch another stolen election again in 2024. And everybody's going to be, we're going to be having the same but, exact but, but, conversation. But Christian, I have a question on that. I have a question for you on that. Because from, from what uh, uh, Garrett was saying is that the first time this changed, the first election where this happened was the 2018 election where Doug Ducey, I think, won by over 15%, right? So this was, this, was, this was done in 2018. And yet we didn't have any issues in 2018 when the Governor Ducey won by a landslide by all standards. And so my question is, why 2018 there was no concerns about this, but now in 2020 and 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 further, like now there's this massive concern there, about this. When there were there were there were concerns about this, but we didn't have an audit. We we didn't have uh we didn't have somebody like David Jose that was pushing and pushing and pushing the legislature uh, concerning this, or or other precinct committee men on the ground now pushing and pushing and pushing. The legislature. So that's why it, it this didn't come to a head until now. Yeah, well, why didn't we hear about that? Why didn't we hear about train derailments until East Palestine? You know, it's the same type yeah. of thing. It takes yeah. it takes an occurrence to bring this type of stuff into the public eye and consciousness so that it gets looked at. It doesn't mean this thing wasn't happening beforehand. It just means we, you know, wasn't wasn't a focus, and now it is a focus and deservedly so. Yeah, what if I may remind um, on the audit um, that the, the paper was counted and, uh, you know, the, the results that were given in the paper were not dramatically off from the official results. And this goes back to what I'm talking about with ballot injection. So the only way for the physical paper to be off is for ballots to be injected into the system. Uh, and and as, I, as I stated before, that is, and I, I will never use absolutes, but it is extremely difficult to do. Hold on, Garrett. You, Sorry, that was my wife calling. Not, um, they're, not, they're not inspecting paper ballots. They're sitting at a, they're sitting at a centralized machine looking at- No, I, I'm, I'm addressing the audit specifically. The audit did in fact count the paper. But, but, but again, the audit, because the county refused to comply 
with the legislature in regards to the audit. And then we had people uh, inside but, away, but and, then, counts, and then we have people inside of the legislature, or excuse me, inside the legislature side of the Republican legislature, deciding that they were going to settle with the county in the middle of an investigation. That's why the the county. So, that's why again, the I, audit ended up showing what it showed because they never were properly investigated down to the T. Down to the routers, down well, to the Christian, physical equipment. Is this, is this that was not done. That Christian. was not done. Okay, uh, but as I said, they, they counted the paper. You, the, the routers, regardless of, of your any argument you're making about the routers, they counted the physical paper. No, well, they Archer, made two well, settlements. Mr. Archer, you have an, they you, made two settlements. They made two settlement agreements in the middle of an investigation of the election. So I don't care if if it showed that Biden had six thousand six hundred and sixty six ballots uh, more. The, what matters is that there was an audit that was being performed. The county multiple times refused to comply with the audit. They were scolded by the same judge, uh, which is which is over the current. Uh, the Carrie Lake trial that was just decided again and, and the county was scolded for not complying with the legislature but the legislature decides to make this quasi settlement and basically hand over the whole candy in the store instead of uh, forcing the county to comply with the audit Let's go with Garrett. Garrett, have you got a response for that? I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. They, they counted the paper. So I, regardless of what you think about, you know, what the county should have done uh, regard, regarding a settlement for the routers, the fact of the matter is the paper no, was counted. No, it wasn't and just no the routers. Numbers. It was, it was, no, no, it it was it, the signature Christian, envelopes, Garrett. The, the, it's they, still the they, paper. They agree Christian, not but that to goes back to what I was saying Garrett. when it comes to the uh, ballot injection. So... You, you, one of the things you have to remember is that uh, Arizona is a voter registration ID state. So we have a situation here in which all of our, our voters are basically pre-verified as citizens. Uh, and so we, you know, and, and the vast majority of them have on file uh, signatures based off of uh, DMV, uh, MVD records. And so you have to believe that a massive forgery operation is plausible or feasible in order for the signature verification to uh you know have a problem i guess is the way to put it. And, and garrett i've seen those dmv what, records what and those dmv records don't even require the a person to state their country or state of birth so garrett so so i don't want to hear it about what uh, what whether or not the paper was matching or not the, uh, the only thing that matters at this point is that well, is that is that the county was under an audit they refused to comply the legislature made two different settlements on two different occasions they let the county off of the hook fast forward to 2022 lo and behold oh my god they're not they're actually uh approving all these ballots without doing a proper uh signature comparison or you know we we get we can get into semantics about what what the law says about comparing or matching the signature but the bottom line is we know for a fact now 
that the county thinks that they don't have to properly compare the signatures to see if the ballot is valid or not based on the signature that's on file along with that signature envelope. Hey, let me weigh in too here because the crazy thing that people don't understand, imagine if your bank was ran the way that Maricopa County's elections have been run the last two election cycles. Would you still bank there if people were writing checks off of your bank account but not checking the signature? Would you still bank there if ATMs had cash wide open and bolts had cash wide open with twenty thousand you know dollars going missing here or there? And I can tell you as somebody that used to work for a bank they audit every single piece of paper in there at least twice a day and there's chain of custody documents every single time somebody accesses those atm machines which is what Dropboxes should have been run like so why can we run banks with that level of professionalism but not our elections which in my opinion are probably more important than your bank like this is deciding your country it's deciding your interest rates it's deciding who controls all of these important facets of life yet we're look at how this election was run not just in Carrie lake's election but in donald trump's and in previous elections how are these people still running the election when they've been proven <laughs> negligent year after year after year why have they not so, been fired so heather, heather you have you have a good point heather you have a good point but you have you have two different parties that want two different things when it comes to elections because restricting voting helps one if you open up voting and make it actually easier and more secure, which would be super easy to do today, especially using the blockchain, they don't want that because I don't think Republicans would ever win again if that happens. Joe, who Joe, who's they? Because in the last election with Carrie Lake, Republican voters were disenfranchised by voting centers, long lines, not being able to vote, having to do provisionals, then yet goes to adjudication, ballots printing on the wrong size piece of paper, specifically in those precincts like what does that even mean that accessibility somehow helps one political party? It shouldn't be about political parties. Like, how do you how do you how do you tell people that they should vote on Election Day when in the last election you were just told, oh, you should have voted mail in ballot and that's why the lines were so long? Like, how do you and, and let's clarify you can't here. Pinpoint, you can't pinpoint one. You can't point, pinpoint one problem that happened or two places and say that's countrywide. That's the norm. It's not. It's obvious. And, and if you look at what Republicans have tried to push through versus what Democrats have voter tried ID. to push through. All we're talking about is voter ID. That's all anybody talks about. It's not only the voter ID. Dude. So it's also the voting centers in the cities. Without showing ID? Well, I mean, hold, think about it. We, but, we, honest to God, we need to run our elections with the same level of professionalism that we run a bank with. And like Maricopa is not the only one. So in, in Georgia... There was chain of custody paperwork missing for hundreds of thousands of ballots. Think about that for a second. Would you do business with a bank that, that they were just letting anybody access hundreds of thousands of dollars? Would you keep your money there and trust that bank to keep your money safe? Your ballot is your currency, and it should be treated like your currency. If you don't trust the people running the election, if they're missing chain of custody documents and they're you know, machines are going dead on election day and signatures aren't being verified and all of this stuff is going on. This should outrage everybody. And we should not be allowing those same people to continue to run elections in the future. And just Heather's point, so George is a perfect example. One thing, Sully, one, one, one thing real quick. Oh, go ahead. And just one thing. 
In Georgia, we have video evidence of during their paper audit, you had people sitting there telling the elections officials, hey, these ballots are fake. I see these signatures. I've seen this name three times. I've seen this signature three times. What should I do? Should I put it to the side? And they were told it's on video. This is not the time to bring up issues with signatures. This is the time to just count the ballots in front of you. And there's multiple instances of this. So people who have seen that now, even in their mind, when you talk about, oh, all the paper was counted. First thing I think of is my mind is that video. You have an election supervisor telling people, don't worry about the signatures, just count the ballots in front of you. And that happened in Georgia. But, but Cole, Cole, can I can I just respond to that just quickly? There are certain people who, who can't really identify signatures, right? There are there are special there are people who specialize in that or people who kind of know what they're doing. They've been trained. And if you have people who are not trained in identifying you know, matching signatures, the, you know, even if they say the signatures don't match, it really doesn't matter. Right. There are, there are people they have that actually match the signatures. It wasn't a matter in Georgia on the videos I've seen about matching signatures. It was about duplicate signatures, duplicate names. Uh, obvious, obvious, egregious. I mean, it was a 60 year old couple and one of them sitting there going, this is insane. I've seen this name five times. You know what I mean? I've seen this handwriting, the signature a bunch of times. You know, to be an expert to recognize duplicated ballots. That's and people have seen that. That's all I'm saying. They see in Georgia. Oh, we had we had mail in ballots that are sitting behind an elections official that are in boxes with no folds in them, pristine, clean looking. How do you have a mail in ballot sitting freshly printed in a box that you didn't even know you were supposed to count yet? People have seen these things and it just disenfranchises them from the whole system. And that's a problem. I want people to vote. I don't want people to sit there and get blackpilled saying, oh, my vote doesn't matter, because ultimately that's the worst possible outcome. But I, I just I, I it's, it's this. It's, but again, it's like, OK, if there's problems with the voting, there's a process to address it. But every time the so it's like every time but there isn't a process. With, there isn't a process. Look, the, look the, at all these counties that have issued FOIA requests for the cast vote records, for example. But it goes to, OK. But again, it's 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 it, but I feel like it's it's always like, for example, like earlier it was mentioned, well, they didn't count the paper ballot. And then Garrett said, well, they did. And it's like, well, then it's not. It's a, and then like, OK, well, we go to court and then the court says, no, this isn't true. Like your arguments and your claims do not have any factual regardless. Some of the cases I can acknowledge were dismissed purely because of standing, et cetera. But there was a lot of cases that were also adjudicated because of evidence, specifically this one specific case about Carrie Lake that she uh, against Katie Hobbs in the last election. And they said, no, I mean, the judge flat out said there is no evidence whatsoever of what you produce brings here that can suggest that the election should be overturned in any way, shape or form, or there should be an election again. There is no evidence for this. And so the mechanisms that we and then so then it's just like, well, it, like no matter what standard, it's always like whatever the measure that is adjudicated for elections, whatever is put in place, it's never enough. The court, because that the court, enough. the court is not the proper venue. That that's the problem. And the, 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 the legislature, the, and in that case, the le the legislature is the proper venue to address these problems. And as I stated earlier, at nauseum, we have Republican state legislatures. Case in point. The AZ Republican state legislature is not doing their job. And then even even and then even when I pointed this out earlier, you had somebody on stage. It's like, well, 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 tell me what specifically they need to do. Well, well excuse me. The legislature, they're in office to do the will of the people. It is their job to figure out. One second. It is their job to figure out the roadmap, what steps, 
what process they need to figure that out for themselves and if they can't figure that out then they got to go that's who needs to figure this out so and so i don't like it when people try to say well why don't you tell the legislature what they need to do no they're up there to do the will of the people they ran to be in charge of the election as a matter of fact the legislature sits on the diocese in uh, Arizona and says we're in charge of elections the elections are on our shoulders we have the power over the election procedure manual so there is the, and, and and then and then you have the legislature literally using the power of the purse over the AZ secretary of state and and then at the same time saying well well we don't know if it's constitutional to compel the county to follow the law with their state shared revenue. No, it, it is constitutional. So, so, so the, this is the legislature's job. It is not the court's job. The court cannot rewrite the law. The court cannot fill the holes in the law. The court cannot go back and correct what was done wrong. The legislature has the power to do this. So hold on, before I but answer, the, I know the legislature the has this expectation ahead, so that Devil. they're going to be going in there and having a director of elections in Maricopa County and these other counties that are actually going to be doing their job, actually going to be following the law. But the issue with Maricopa County specifically, and I just dropped this up in the nest, we have documents on Robert Scott Jarrett, who's the director of elections in Maricopa County, that he's received bribes from the Sinaloa cartel. So he's not actually working for the people like the legislature might expect him to. And, and so we have a, a deeper problem, a bigger problem that the legislature and the courts and everybody, every American needs to start to, to address and start to deal with. And that's the fact that our election workers, um, people in the legislature itself, people in our courts, people in our government in general are corrupted and working for the cartel. So Yeah, but Red, you don't have to, to go that down point. that far. You, you don't have to go down that rabbit hole. The, as Christian said, the legislature can fix these things. And the problem is by the legislature not acting, what happens is for take take ranked choice voting, for example, which if we do that, I mean, talk about it's over. Elections. It's over. What happens is there's happens. loopholes that aren't written against that. They're not enforcing the legislations that they have or the legislative power that they have over elections. So they use these loopholes and say, well, there's no specific legislation written to prevent this particular style of voting. Therefore, the county takes it into their own hands and usurps the legislator implementing these methods. And that's happened across the board. That it's not just, you know, this one simple case. And just one more thing. Also, in regards to the last Cary Lake election, that was never going to go anywhere. The judge's burden was that no level one signature verifications took place. So by Cary Lake's first two witnesses being presented, that were whistleblowers coincidentally saying, oh, yes, I did it to my best of my ability at level one. It was over right there. You know, they made the mistake of allowing of not combating that and not combating that standard to meet. Walking in, having to meet that standard was a losing case. It was never going to go anywhere anyway. So wait, so you believe, so you agree with the judge's ruling, correct? Well, if the, if the burden is to prove that no level one signature verification took place, obviously there was 150 people working there, 40 of which were on level two, the rest were on level one. Obviously, some people went in with good intentions and did the right thing. But that goes back to the other point, which is it has to be all people it has to be every single vote you can't mostly do it because these elections are lost by such small numbers we're talking about seventeen thousand 
votes, which even just on the signature verification, that's less than 10 percent of the total signature verification. So it can't just be, oh, we're going to do this mostly right. It has to be all right or nothing. Hey, wait, we should hear from CanCon, too. He was over there waving, and he's done a lot of writing and stuff. Uh, bro, I'm okay yeah, and he looks he bro. looks like a Harley guy, so let's bring him up. No, and no, also, no, Clay is an elections. Uh, Clay is one of the most uh, known election systems experts that you could have up here also. So, Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, we did bring him up before, and he didn't speak, so we had to remove him. But, um, so, I'll, um, Brick, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna reiterate. I very rarely do I malform a sentence to say she's taking it as far as she can. So that's all that's that's all I meant to say. I'm not saying there should be anything beyond that. Okay. But also importantly, she did announce that she is going to um begin the the a ballot chasing and ballot harvesting program in Arizona, which is something that didn't previously exist. And you know, I, I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said it a, a while ago, um, that another, you know, if if things aren't going to be corrected, then another election is going to get stolen. Well, I think that one thing that I can say that Democrats do exceptionally well compared to Republicans, at least in, in the states where I've observed, is they do a better job at making sure that people take advantage of early voting and mail-in voting and in-person early voting and ballot drop boxes. Um, you know, I think that if Republicans, by and large, adopt those same topics, tactics, again, I'm misspeaking, something must be wrong, maybe I need some sleep. If they adopt those same tactics in the states where they are already legal, I believe there's every reason to expect that Republicans can be successful at the ballot box. Now, personally, I would love to see one day of voting, not multiple weeks, paper ballots, precinct level counting, voter ID, and mandatory uh, audits of the of you know sections of the electorate, and also a reduction in the amount of people who qualify for mail-in or absentee ballots. Now, that's my personal preference. It's not going to happen, but that's what I'd like to have happens. But so in the states where ballot chasing and ballot harvesting, are is a legal tactic republicans need to adopt them uh, and it's kind of counterintuitive because at the same time we're using those tactics we also should be trying to prevent them from spreading to other states and other locations and uh when possible we should try and roll back some of them as far as we can so say for instance you hypothetically have a state where you can vote in person early for a month Maybe that should only be a week. Uh, things like that. Right, let me go to Claire. Claire, people have been asking for you to come up, so I'd love to hear your thoughts and what you know. Uh, specifically, were you part of the Carrie Lake War Room? Is that right? Yes. I was I was at the initial trial or the hearing that they had when they were trying to implement count two and count three to see if it was going to go. Um, 
because honestly, Kurt and Brian were going to throw me out there if it was available by the judge and let the defense ask me right there to see if count two is worthy of going forward. And so I know the plan and I'm going to state to everybody here, I've seen the evidence. I've seen all the data from the PRRs. I've seen the videos. Now, there were technical issues with getting evidence, and it's so convenient that it always happens with courtroom two at Maricopa as far as getting the, the videos uploaded. So what I will tell you is there is evidence that the verifiers were clicking through while looking two cubicles down and talking and joking. So, and I know what the judge said. He, he changed what the Supreme Court had said and put further restrictions on it. Now, I'm no attorney, but that makes it better for us on appeal and to go forward because he did make it so stringent, saying no. And people can argue about the, the evidence of, you, you know, there were a couple of people, but there were 155 total. And again, I'm not an attorney, but I think in the legal sense, when a, sta a task is to be accomplished, no matter what the task, it has to be done with competency. You just can't set people at a desk clicking at a computer and saying that you did something when they really didn't do the task. That's not competent. And I mean, you attorneys can correct me, but that's that's the way I see it. Now, what I will tell you is, is people talking about the vote center and the models. Here's the one thing. It's like mail-in ballots. There's a federal requirement that when you use a machine and you, it's a tabulator, and I don't care if it's an ICP-2, an ICC, or any of the ENS models or anything out there. If a voter makes a mistake, which is an undervote or an overvote, an undervote means you didn't, you didn't vote in the, in the appropriate ballot. An overvote means you, you voted for two candidates when you should have only done one. Whatever the case, it's supposed to return it to you and give you the option to either submit it the way you did it or to correct your ballot. That is not done when they're put in door three and sent back or they're mailed in. That in itself is a violation of the federal requirements. So I want, I want to make those couple of points and I can answer anything on the technical side. So because for those who don't know who I am, I am the security guy that worked in three of the VSTLs for nine years. Right. And I am fully aware of the requirements and all the technical aspects of not only Dominion, ESNS, Heart, Unison, you name it, because I've tested over seven vendors. And so I hear a lot of back and forth. Clever, you and before I give up the mic, I do want to make one last thing. If you think that you're going to ballot harvest and use the current system, you're complying with the current system and you will never, ever fix the transparency. You will never, ever make it honest elections again. You've got to get away from that. That is not a thing because they're cheating. We're going to try to cheat better because here's the thing. It is not a Republican. It is not a Democratic thing. It is a uniparty against we the people. And that's the way I and nearly everybody else that I know that I work with on this election integrity effort views it. We are about fair, honest elections, period. Transparent to all the people who cast a ballot. Let me go to Tira. Tira, you, you unmute just, your mic. I, I just wanted to ask one question. I didn't understand what you said about it as a violation of federal requirements. Do you remember saying that? Could you just clarify that, sir? Yes, Clay? in the VBSG, there's, there is a requirement. 
that what you put the ballot in, if it if it reads it as an under and over vote, right, it's supposed to shoot it back out. It can also shoot it back out if you don't vote any because it's your God given right. If you're qualified to vote in the United States of America and you don't want to vote for anybody and you just want to slide the blank ballot through, you have the right to do that. The machine's supposed to shoot it back at you and say, hey, you didn't vote. Do you want to resubmit it as is or do you want to fix it? That's a requirement. Is it under a federal law? You're just saying a constitutional requirement. I'm sorry, I'm still confused. It, it's sorry. under it's it's the requirements. It's the voluntary voting system guidelines. And here's the thing: because the constitutionality of the way we vote, that's authorized to the states, right? So that's why they're voluntary voting system guidelines. But if your state constitution, right, or any of your bylaws state that you're going to follow those those then you're under your state's law and requirement to do it and for in the case of arizona they're required to follow that standard gotcha but i i I just think again i'm just going to go and i know and cancon i'll I'll push this to you but i just like my response is like because there's just always this thing about the legislator like okay the people who determine the constitutionality is is First of all, the Repu- even people in this room admit, even Republican legislators are saying, no, this is not legitimate. Like, it's time to move on and, and, and just continue on with the process, right? Like, th- that's it. So your own legislator and th- those legislators speak for their constituencies. And if you don't like them, then you can vote them out and they're in the next election. But that's number one. And then two, but I just feel like from to Clay's point is like, dude, the courts consistently have ruled in these cases and consistently have shown that there is not a case of this widespread conspiracy of voter fraud. But with that being said, Cancun, I know you've been waiting. Please go ahead. Yeah, so um, earlier when when Garrett was up here, and if he wants to jump back up here, I'd love to hear his opinion on this. They were talking about counting the paper in the Arizona audit. Um, When uh, Supervisor Bill Gates, who's now the chairman of the Maricopa Board, uh, when they came before Congress, the U.S. Congress, with Ken Bennett as well, both of them testified under oath. One of them testified being uh, Bill Gates testified that only one type of paper was used in the Maricopa County election. Uh, and Ken Bennett literally three minutes later testified that at least 10 types of paper were used in the Maricopa election. Now, Maricopa County had to use uh, vote secure paper, uh, which was like an 80 pound paper, had all the markings. Clay can talk more about that because of uh his research with uh, the fit to print ballots. But but the point is, is there was a problem there. Now, we're talking about, you know, chain of custody and everything like that. The entire chain of custody before the 2020 uh, audit uh, was was broken for about five hours while a semi truck drove around willy nilly with the ballots in the back. Zero chain of custody. That's, you know, neither here nor there. I went out to Arizona as, as, as a journalist and I interviewed uh, 10 people separately that, that participated in the Maricopa audit. They didn't know each other. Well, they didn't know each other as far as through me. Like, I didn't ask them, hey, do you know other people? I got 10 independent people. And out of the 10 people, the eight of them that worked on the floor, all of them said the same thing, that they were counting ballots. And all of a sudden, a box would come through where it would be 90 votes for Joe Biden and 10 votes for Trump perfectly every single time. And this would go on for, you know, 10 to 15 ballots at a time. So uh, I have a lot of issues with with, you know, what happened in Maricopa and the way the audit was uh, portrayed. They took out Liz Harris's uh, canvas with uh, with um, uh, James Knox doing that canvas out there in Maricopa, where they had 30 percent of people who didn't know that they voted from their house or that they voted. You know, they said they voted by mail and they actually voted in person or vice versa. 
people that were saying they got five, 10 ballots, 20 ballots sent to them, um, you know, corners of the highway that they would go where 2000 people were registered to vote. And it turned out to be a homeless encampment. And one of the people there said, yeah, somebody gave me five bucks for my ballot. You know, that kind of stuff that went on in Maricopa. So um, there's a lot of shenanigans going on to 2022. Um, and, and Clay will be able to comment more on this. But there were a couple things that came up with that count too, the fit to print ballot. And it's a lot more that came out after the initial ruling back in December. And one of the things that the judge, I just don't think he understood the significance of this, is the fact that they went back and tested the machines on October 14th, 17th, and 18th. It was a Friday, a Monday, and a Tuesday, I believe. And they went back and they tested the machines again. They ran a limited number of ballots through them, and 200, and I think 46 of them, 246 of them failed with that fit-to-print issue, according to the system logs. Uh, excuse me, not the fit-to-print issue, with the rejection issue, I'm sorry. Um, and this is according to the system logs. And, uh, you know, furthermore, I, I wrote a story for the Gateway Pundit before the or, or after the election about the fact that they probably didn't do the logic and accuracy testing out in Maricopa County because Maricopa County got uh, brand new voting machines after the audit. That was part of the deal when they were doing that special um, whatever the special master Not looking the into the routers. What's that? Was it Cyber Ninja you're talking about? Or? No, no, no. I, no I, okay. I'll get into Cyber Ninjas in a second. But no, this is referring to the special master that was looking at, over the, um, uh, the, the former senator that was looking at the routers. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but part of the deal was that uh, the, the Senate was going to release Maricopa's funding, which they were putting a hold on, I think, 10% of it. And uh, in return, they were getting new ballot, uh, machines for the ones that Cyber Ninjas was messing with or, you know, doing the audit on. They didn't mess with them. But anyways, so what this means is when you get a lifetime counter on a brand new machine, the lifetime counter is like the speedometer on your car. It's set to zero. And so when the system logs that were requested by, um, we'll, we'll just call them researchers. I'll let Clay elaborate. Uh, and they're showing that only 46 ballots were ran through and there should be thousands of ballots ran through for a logic and accuracy test. Uh, that's another major problem, too. And then, like I said, the fact that they did this special testing after the logic and accuracy testing, which the machines are supposed to be sealed. OK, there's no testing after that. Uploading software. No, no, no. That's before the logic and accuracy testing. Clay, Clay can tell you about that. There's major issues on count two that were that needed to be brought back into uh, this trial to prove that this might have been criminal. And that's all I got. You know, why was it make... brought in trial? That's what I don't understand. Like, if your claims what is true, then either Carrie Lake's attorneys are absolutely idiots, or there's just no fact in the matter. It's one or the. It was out. It was out because it was outside the, the, it was outside the, the, the scope of what was being count. heard. But can, it was can, outside can I, the scope. They couldn't do it again. You, you, it's you guys are bringing a lot of great facts to the. But I'm just going to say it. I think it's all kind of BS, and I'll tell you why. You guys want us to believe that the Republican legislatures are against Trump. You guys want us to believe that even Republican governors from states across the country are against Trump and are a part of this conspiracy. Nobody's saying that. And yes. then, hold on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me finish. Let me let me just finish what I'm saying. And we're supposed no, to No, you're here to suck up all the oxygen. That, 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 now, hold on, hold on. Let me, can I, can I please, let me just finish my point. Yeah, dude. We're also, oh we're also, this, we also must believe, we must also believe that the judge 
doesn't know what he's talking about. All these court cases that go against this is, is wrong. Everything, right? And and what we get is 200 votes here, 300 votes here. So the, the end point, it seems like, is that there's no evidence that's going to show you guys because all elections have problems, right? We know all elections are human. They're human. There's going to be problems. But it seems like there's absolutely no evidence or no proof that would be good enough for you guys to say, hey, you know what? There were problems with this election, but and nothing was perfect. But the outcome was all right, whatever. But now you got seemingly, seemingly yeah. keep, keep keep saying that there are all these problems, all these problems, and then no matter what judge, no matter what jury, no matter what legislature, Republican, whatever, it's always there. It's always hey, there's something more here. So I'm so I'm asking you guys, if you guys are so confident that this was stolen, what evidence from any court, like you said, the, the court the, in the Kerry Lake case. We- E- either the either the either the people in that that's representing her had all this stuff that you're saying and didn't and didn't put it forward, so you guys can just come here to Twitter we've, and say it's all true. We've and already challenged in court. So one so second, one we've like already it just, it just seems like it, see, it we, seems like it seems like this is great for Twitter conjecture, but no, it's no not. court believes we've, it. Uh, no legislature believes it. The governors, the Republican governors, we've Guys, too many people are speaking. Nate, I mean, not Nate, sorry. I've heard Nate's argument. Jonathan, let me bring you in. You said you've got irrefutable evidence. So let's see what you got to say. So I'm going to tell you guys things that are factual. They're 100%. They're in the nest. Nothing is speculation. We know that Garrett Archer, since 2016, has been in the Secretary of State's office from 2016 to 19. That time overlapped for about a year when George left and Hobbs took over as Secretary of State. During that time... David Becker worked directly with Garrett Archer to get the Eric voting system embedded within Arizona. David Becker is currently under criminal investigation in the state of Virginia and likely to be in other states as well. We saw Texas just drop Eric today. Virginia dropped it 10, 12 days ago. Another five states or six states have already dropped it since I first talked about it back in mid-January. There is an open criminal investigation going on. David Becker will be prosecuted. It is very likely Garrett Archer will be prosecuted. Now, during the trial on May 17th, we caught, and this is all there in the documents. I've shared it. You want proof? Here it is. We have caught Stephen Richer opening a back door to the one incoming site being elections.maricopa.gov. Access points created to records were added for the Electomar or Directomar CL, which is the Chilean government, Rackspace, and Cloudflare. There's nothing super jumping off the page about Cloudflare or Rackspace, but Directomar is the fucking Chilean government, which is tied directly to the UN women organization that Cindy McCain is directly tied to. That is not speculation. This is fact. We can see exactly when they opened it. We can see exactly what they were looking at. It's up there. And we know this isn't the first time that Stephen Richard did this. And if you don't believe me, look at the URL. It clearly says several times maricopa.recorder dot whatever the rest of the URL is. And we know within the metadata that Stephen Richer himself, somebody in that office had to approve of what was taking place every time it happened. There is no plausible deniability. 
Going back to October before the elections, Stephen Richer first granted access to two companies, Berkeley Oil and Gas and the Ritz-Carlton Residences in Portland, Oregon. Probably somebody doing this from their private residence. All right. Over the next several months, you can see November, there's a ping. There's another ping in December. The one in December is extremely significant because we, we remember that election month took place in Arizona. All right. Corey Lorick posted her final official Maricopa report on December 21st. Stephen Richer, or I'm sorry, December 18th. Richer was November 21st. All right. When they first put out their report. And then a month later, Corey Lorick releases hers. On or before, three days prior to Corey Lorick releasing her final report, Stephen Richard grants God Mode access to the elections.maricopa.gov records. It's up there in, in the nest for everybody to see. You have read ca- capability. You have write capability. You have one well, okay, closure I have a question. capability. I need to ask you a question on one of the claims you said because I, I – I, because I feel like you're connecting dots that are not there. Your specific claim of the connection with the Chilean government, are you referring it's because it's connected because of, of the former Chilean president, Michelle Bachelet, who was also the high commissioner for the human rights in the United Nations? Is that the connection you're trying to get? I'm trying to understand that specific point, how this organization is connected in any way, shape or form to the Chilean government and the UN. The only person I know is Michelle Bachelet. So we traced uh, the signal directly back to, and you can look this up, 339 Connecticut Street in San Francisco. We know exactly where the, the, the signal was coming from. What signal? Sorry. You've convinced no, I, me the election was stolen. I apologize. The, the, so I got a phone call. My bad. Uh, but the connection comes from former military intelligence, and our personnel are some of the very best in the world. You are free to go and do your own due diligence and look at it and have your own people independently okay, verify. No, 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 no. I need to understand the, the claim of the – when you're saying it's connected it to the outgoing, outgoing records. If you put – and this is in there. This is in, in, the, in the nest. So you can see directamar.cl is the Chilean government. They are directly coordinated with UN women. And I have posted the timeline screen by screen so you can see the click through. I type in this website that shows up, who has accessed the database and the records, and then it takes me to this website. And then I'm one click away and I'm on the UN's website that is directly involved with Cindy McCain. Please have your own people tear through it and discredit it. I promise. Like, I, please. I, I, no, you're not. Okay. When you're so your connection to uh, because I'm not going to go right now in the nest of something you just dropped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like 50 people, like all the speakers and everything. Understood. But like, I'm trying to understand specifically when we're is the connection somehow what you're claiming into the Chilean government, the Chilean government, like again, as Henry Kissinger famously said, is a dagger to Antarctica, right? Like, let's be real what Chile is. But why are they so important to the UN? Why do they have an office? 
in Washington, D.C., their li- liaison if they're so unimportant but because globally? Because Chile is part of the U.N., number and one. And Cindy Two, McCain the is as well. As is Chile. Mark Kelly, right. who but, was on the ballot in November. I, everybody, okay, all right. The, the only connection I can any way, shape, or form to like connect the dots is Michelle Bachelet. The former Chilean president who became the seventh commissioner of the United Nations for Human Rights. But that is irrelevant to this. Like, this is complete. You're trying to legitimately to Chile. Chile has somehow the ability. I mean, this is where it's like, first of all, Chile was never mentioned when we all heard about 2020. It was like Italy and then somewhere else. This This isn't your grandfather's 2020, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm telling you what the data shows. It's not my data. It's not anybody else's. It's the objective data. Okay? It's a digital footprint. And you to verify it and to know we know what they were up to, you can see the permissions granted. It's encoded in the metadata. The scripting language is clear. They wanted this person or persons to have whatever access they wanted to do, whatever they wanted. Feel free to discredit it. Feel free to say Chile, like really weird to like, as if that somehow matters, the inflection that you say Chile with. We can see that the UN is one step away and the UN's own Cindy McCain and her McCain, the whole narrative of, well, Carrie Lake lost because she didn't, you know, be nice with John McCain or whatever. She pissed off McCainites. Mark, okay, forget that. Mark Kelly... The UN's own is on the ballot. I still don't see the connection between Chile and the UN and Michelle. It's on their website. I'm giving you options to address it. You're saying it's because of the metadata that you just dropped and that I have no way of right now going through everything. I, you know, this this throw line of military intelligence means nothing. Take as much time as you need. Take as much yeah, time. Right we don't have space though. We can't take it. We can't we can't go through it. I don't it. mean right, I don't mean right now, Nate. You know that. I'm saying like do your okay. own like, territory. What I don't but okay. Also while you're checking that while checking that followed, have you got something to say about this uh server point he was making? Yeah, so for Jonathan, just a couple of questions. What exactly are these records that you're referring to? Because I'm seeing references in here to A records, but the A records don't actually match up with the with the elections.maricopa.gov. So this is a Multigo transform. A Multigo transform, for those who are unaware, and I'm sorry there's a train in the background. I'll get back in my car so you can hear me. A Multigo transform basically takes a digital footprint of wherever your computer or your connected device or wherever you have existed online within the last however long of a time frame that you run your report for. What that gives us the ability to do is figure out where somebody's been, what they've downloaded, what they've looked at, what sites they've visited, and we can create an actual digital map. So we can not only see the metadata, but we can see it mapped out so that we can see a money laundering operation. I've been in finance 12 years. We used to use these reports to figure out who is laundering money with one or two or three middlemen conduits in between. This is money laundering 101, but you do it with a digital framework. So A wants to send money to C, but we've got B in the middle to lose the trail. This is not difficult. And I'm happy 
to anybody on this space. We've got a 215-page report of metadata I will share with anybody. Because I'll take people, a look at it. I mean, I've yeah. never heard what you're talking about before, but I have friends that are also in like the intelligence community and stuff like that that I can have double check it. But I like what you're telling me, I've personally never heard this theory before, but I'm totally open to looking at your information. All right, so I see Cancon had his hand up, Suleiman, and I know that he's had one of my guys on his uh, show before. That's all I was going to say. So he might have something oh, to add. Yeah, let me go to Follard. Follard's got a few more questions. Go ahead, Follard. I'm just reading your post verbatim. You're here saying that the elections.maricopa.gov was made available to three different domains of Cloudflare and Rackspace. Okay, that's not a big deal. They're a registrar, they're a DNS provider, they're a hosting, they do all that. The last domain, so what exactly do you mean by elections data was made available to three different domains? Because if I make a request to the site, it's still going to be made available on outgoing traffic, meaning that anyone can look it up and you're going to have that data made available to you as outgoing traffic. Right. So you, whenever the first thing that you look at when you see a Multigo transform, after you move, you, you'll see the data map first. All right. Before you get past that, you know, once you move past that big picture, the spider web looking thing, the first thing that you see is links ranked by entity incoming and outgoing. All right. So the one incoming thing is elections.maricopa.gov. That means data is coming in to these sites, these organizations that are involved in this Multigo transform. And then you see outgoing is the representation of that data being extracted by the users who are accessing this platform. And the outgoing lists, like I had mentioned, Cloudflare, Rackspace, Directamar. That's just one of the many times that we ran the report, or that the, I should say that the... Um, metadata showed a specific script language written for a certain amount of times that they visited the site. So once in October, once in November, once in December, and then twice on May the 12th and May the 17th in the middle of Carrie's trial or right before lead in the lead up right to it. Okay, but, but this incoming and outgoing traffic, there's I, I'm not seeing anything particularly rec- concerning no, no, or any buddy, back door it, access. It's it's the records. It says it expressly. They are accessing the elections records. And please do not be disingenuous and pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. It's being it's cut and dry. It says it expressly followed outgoing records, elections.maricopa multiple times in certain situations. So how do you make the delineation? We should go back to Clay because he was just waving his hand and he's got all the machine technology. Sorry, uh, Charles, go ahead. Just before Clay goes, I just, I I just have, I have, uh, I've seen a few things on this front as well. I I just want to be clear. There's a, you know, this Baltigo. Can you summarize Jonathan's point in like two sentences? So a record server configurations, which is the type of servers that are hosted behind a website. For example, you go to google.com, it uses DNS, it transfers that to an IP address. So the, what I, the way I'm understanding it is Jonathan's saying that the a records or the server addresses 
are co-located or co-configured with malicious actors, therefore they're going to have some sort of access. The problem is when you talk, when you start talking about Cloudflare and CDNs and DNS resolution, you just lose. It's just hard to make that clear in layman. That's terms. a great. That's a. You're absolutely right. Charles is absolutely right about that. I want to make one point here. So, because of in your in the event that you're trying to isolate or triangulate a location or exactly the origin of a signal, then when you're dealing with something like a CDN like Cloudflare uses, then it's necessary to have more points of reference. And the more points of reference that you have in something that's as open source sharing like a Cloudflare is then you bring in VPNs that are floating or that may be changing instantly or every however many seconds. You bring in GPS coordinates, you bring in VPNs, you bring in IPs, and basically, so Jonathan, Jonathan, from Jonathan, all that information, it, it creates the map by cross-referencing it against each other. Right, Jonathan. I'm not understanding what you're saying is the irrefutable evidence. What I'm understanding is you're saying that they, you've got these servers and there can be malicious actors who accessed it, but you don't have irrefutable proof that they did. I mean, if you had that... No, we right? have proof that... We have no, no. Let me be clear. But we have proof that unauthorized. Who who knows who accessed it? But we know they weren't authorized. Other than the fact that they are from this organization, they're from this organization. I'm pretty sure that you know Chile. But, they, or, oh, but what, what was the intent? Okay, so this is where I'm. I think this is, and I'm not cyber smart. So so let's go down to like layman terms. They okay. access the website. Let's say, let's say everything you're saying, they managed to hack the website. What and then so what? Like what does? How does that translate? Even if what you're saying is true, how does that translate through the website? Were they then manipulating the vote count through a website? Like that's where I I thought the whole purpose of this was like I thought first it was like ballot harvesting or stuffing and then thing and like it's like it's almost like everything is a conspiracy literally everything and there's not one thing like if you're going to tell me a conspiracy happened to commit a crime there's a way you do it but it's like everywhere you're okay. left there's a conspiracy and they did it every way yeah you don't change so, elections yeah. through the website so look in the nest and find the picture of scott jarrett real quick all right if you want something that's going to be irrefutable okay Find the picture of Scott Jarrett, and then scroll three spots to the left. All right? This was during the trial. Maricopa has a history of doing this. They don't like to play nice with subpoena requests. They like to hide data. They like to hide chains of custody. We found out, because we keep track of Maricopa's servers and all the you know, traffic we, that goes who's in we, and Jonathan, out. Jonathan, Jonathan, who's we? My team and I. Who's your team? And one of them's on here, Chris Hunter. He uh, he said he's been on CanCon Space uh, in the pa or uh, his show in the past. You know, there's there's about six of us. So none of So you're just an independent team, is it? Right? Is that right? Correct. Pri private. Okay. Correct. I'm not. Okay. I'm not a fed. I'm not fed posting you, silly mom. No, but, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm trying to understand because, listen, your argument is this. And obviously, you've just thrown stuff on the net. So obviously, we need time to read it. So we're just trying to understand what you're saying. Why yeah, you randomly for sure. This. But 
the so issue is this. We got your, yeah, we go ahead. Yeah. So your argument is that there was unauthorized access to and and so you don't know who that is, but based on supplementary possible information that was happening at the exact same time, you're making the link that it was from the Chile government. Or as also as based, Chile. Say your question again. So so based on the link that you know people were accessing the database that we know yeah. it's the Chilean we know we know it's the Chilean government. That's your that's not disputable. So you know as jo- a Jonathan of fact, Jonathan. Sorry, Solomon. Go ahead, go ahead. If the Chilean government, if any military anywhere in the world wanted to hack the the, the you know servers in the US they would do through, do so through many different connections, and it wouldn't look like it comes from that government. Why is that? Because if they're if they want to hack something, they're going to use different router. They're going to route it through different places and make it look like it came directly so, from the U.S. Uh, I see. You, I you see would need lot. to be able to track it all the way back. Yeah, I they, see a lot of. Uh, I saw a lot of this from Christian Anderson when he was trying to do the proximal origins one to explain COVID. He wouldn't have done the virus this way. He wouldn't have, you know, that doesn't mean anything. The way that you think that they do things or they should have or would have done things doesn't do anything to discredit or change the fact that this is not data that we implemented. This is not data that we decided to finagle. This is objectifiably their data. And we have here the the whole thing becomes completely incriminating when you add the permissions in. That means that somebody in the recorder's office had to go type those commands in intentionally. You're not just going to have willy-nilly signals. Yeah, I'll give you read-write access. Jonathan, we'll have to obviously check what you posted. I'm not going to completely dismiss it just like that because that would be like low behavior. But at the same time, based on what you're saying, I'm not convinced just based on looking at it it, without uh, delving into it. And what I mean by that is I find it highly unlikely, although obviously probable, that some foreign government, of all the foreign governments in the world, it was the Chile government who essentially wanted to impact the election. No, you guys guys are getting hung up on Chilean government. You're discrediting the fact that they are very closely tied with the UN organization that we have liaison in Washington, D.C. with Cindy McCain. But what so don't you, okay, this is where, I'm sorry, this is where, like, I don't understand, it, like, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, the, no, like, it doesn't this, make, it doesn't Chilean make government, no sense. Your theatrics it makes are aside. No sense. Like, theatrics aside. It, it, like, you're it telling makes perfect me. sense, buddy. How like, does this it is t- one-fifth of all the stuff that we have put together all source. So like, you're telling, okay, I, how is the Tulane government, like, expand on that specific point. Like, first of all, the U.N. is a body that the U.S. is a member of. Like, breaking news. We are a member breaking of the United news. Nations. We have we a have U.N. The delegate on the ballot in November. Joa makes an excellent point that when foreign governments that have immense capability for hacking operations will not just, like, just, hey, here's the paper trail of data that you can tie directly. No, there's ways they can do it. And that's a fact. Like, like, let's just not pretend that somehow this is a, like, that's not a reality just because the data might point something. There's a way that they can have you point the data one way. So you look at one way, not another specifically foreign governments, but the Chilean government to work for the UN 
Because they have an office in D.C. Yeah, you know where the United Nations Security Council is based out of? New York. Like, I don't understand this argument that the Chile is connected to the U.N. and then such the U.N. wants out of all these. It's like, their own website, all source. And for you to act all theatrical and, like, astounded by it, knowing that you know what I'm saying is not, like, unreasonable by any stretch, and knowing what we know about Stephen Richard working directly with CISA, and knowing what we know about CISA assuming full ownership and responsibility for network penetration – around our elections you can continue with theatrics i'm here to give you spoiler alerts all right can please feel free to parse anything i've said okay feel because free. it makes terrible so jonathan more than that not just feel free obviously we need to look at it so why isn't it, if you got this irrefutable evidence it's basically slam dunk why isn't this being used by for example carrie lick so May May seventeenth is how many days ago? Five. Who says it's not being used, Suleiman? Like we ran this report five days ago during the hearing. How do you know it's not being used? Like what, what makes what you, you say that? Wait, are is you it, are saying? Saying, I'm asking can you, I ask a question? What are you on about? You? Why are you play, why are you playing this game? First, I, I was trying to talk. now, listen. No, we, the I'm one saying we the just got this Jonathan, information, stop, Suleiman. Stop, stop one second. Jonathan, I'm asking you why it wasn't used. Now, you are, rather than say to me, guess what, Soleimani, it is being used, or I have passed it onto a team, or this may have happened. You're like, why are you saying it's not being used? My, my apologies. Used. Just... My apologies. My apologies. It's, it's hypersensitivity to like, you understand, buddy. We no, just no, got no, this information. It's, it's, be, got, it's uh, being, that's, that's fair enough. it is being used 100%. It is so being used 100%. By Carrie Lake, by Carrie Lake's team. They already have it. But no, no, they have it. But are they going to use it, Jonathan? Huh. I accept that that's they have it. That's a good question. A, there's, there's been that's a good question. The reason, I, yeah, yeah, the reason I asked that question is there's been a number of people on the stage already, and generally it happens. Look, let's be clear. I know this. Whenever there's a celebrity, there be millions, not millions, but hundreds of hundreds, maybe even thousands of fan. I'm not saying you're a fanboy here, but there be thousands of fanboys. I'm fan a big fan me. of yours. I'll be honest. I appreciate that, bro. So I hope you can find this kind of information for me when the when the establishment comes after me. So I appreciate you. But let's say, <laughs> but let's say now, I'm telling you now, like what happens is you get so many people who send you information to say, you know what, I f- I can win your case for you. I've got that irrefutable p- proof. And generally speaking, like you know the p- the people who's who are who are part of the case or ruin the case, they don't end up seeing it or they don't end up using it or wherever maybe. So I'm just asking like a genuine question. Like I understand that you've given it. But, and first of all, like, how did you give it? And the second point is, like, do you, th- like, is she going to use it or not? Because based on her speech today, she didn't mention anything even close to what you were saying. Her her main action was to go um, try and find these ballots because the judgment said that, um, you know, it was a mammoth task and it was just so hard to do. So she was forced into make a different legal argument. And it looks like she's thinking, you know what, let me go for that and try and find all the ballots. So what I'm trying to say is, based on what I'm saying, like, if you can answer those two questions, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, for sure. So to question one, whether her legal team uses it or not, I can't say that's for her legal team to decide, but it will be used regardless in the criminal investigation that's already open in Virginia. It is going to be used, whether it's used by Carrie's team or not. I can't speak to that. To the second point, I think it's, I think it's wise, even if we disagree with the methodology in which we should vote. 
if we think ballot harvesting isn't going to work because we've got this, you know, huge data racket capture working against us or machines working against us or whatever mechanism it is, I think it's wise to assume, look, we're going to have to deal with at least one of these two issues. Why not focus on hammering both of them? And let's work on controlling or getting at least a level playing field with our voter data while also playing the game that they're going to play. Because we, we need to be prepared for mass mail-in voting and ballot harvesting to not go away. So taking a strategy of we might as well focus on learning how to do it at a high level in case the court doesn't rule in our favor for that regard, I think that's why, Suleiman. I think everybody would agree. No, I, I, I totally disagree. And and I was going to disagree like almost two or three times that the, the idea that that we're going to out register voters and out register and out vote the machines and out vote uh, signature verification and out vote chain of custody and out vote some uh, person in a back room doing whatever they want to do with the county's elections. No, we are not going to out-register that. We are not going to out-vote that. We are not going to out-fraud that. We're not going to out-ballot harvest that. We can't even ballot harvest legally in Arizona anyway. Uh, and so, you know, that's just totally uh, false. And then uh, to, to the other point about Kerry uh, uh, Lake starting up a, a, a ballot-chasing um, initiative, the person who's leading that uh, she is totally anti MAGA. She is she she calls MAGA uh, extremist. Uh, or, or the, the same person that she's in a relationship with also calls MAGA extremist. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> that ain't gonna do us any good either to, to have somebody like that that's that's leading it. Um, the best shot that we have, uh, and, and I'm not just saying this just to say it, but I'm just gonna say it. The best shot that we have and ensuring that we have fair elections is to deal with our legislatures. And that was to the point uh, that uh, All Source News brought up, which is, okay, you and, and, and Nate brought this up too, okay, you, you said it's the Republican state legislatures not doing their job. Uh, well, there are 90% or probably even more than 90% are rhinos. And so what we've got to do now at this point is just get these people out, move them out, um, and, and if that means that some seats turn blue, some seats turn blue, it's OK, because I think that the, the less money and the less resources we give to a rhino, the better off we'll be in the end. We can give resources to uh, to people that will fight for America first, that will fight for election integrity, that won't allow stolen elections. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And and even the person who's going to be leading the ballot chasing initiative, she's fighting against us to get election integrity. So, Christian, uh, I agree with you, buddy. I agree. One one, one second. One second. And so and so if if anybody in this room, because there's like nine thousand people almost in this room, if you support election integrity, then then go to my profile, go to the pin tweet of my profile and talk about how much you don't like stolen elections or how much you think it is important to have fair elections or to prevent election fraud uh, and, and show your support. Because 
I can tell you because I'm on the state party executive committee. I can tell you that uh, that every single Republican is looking at my tweets. Even Democrats are talking about my tweets uh, down at the state Republican down at the AZ state legislature. The media is watching my tweets. The uh, and then the the folks at the top of the Arizona Republican Party are looking at my tweets. And so they're gauging what is the interest of uh, of election integrity really just based on that. And, and because we don't have enough people that are talking about these things in detail, okay, what do we need to do? It's the legislature. Okay, what do we need to do about the legislature? Okay, well, we need to hold them accountable. If they're not doing what, if they're not fighting for election integrity, we got to censure them. We got to get them out. We got to starve them of money, starve them of resources and kick them out. That's what we've got to do. That's what's not being done. And so it, it, so if you support those things, then go to my profile, go to, go to my pinned tweet and, and show your support on that tweet, even if you're not in Arizona, because the, our state is going to be one of the states that decides the presidential election. And going forward, we don't need rhinos inside in the legislature squatting, not doing their job. That doesn't do us any good. We don't need to keep giving money to politicians that are not doing their job. So, so, hey, Christian. so, Jonathan, so Jonathan, so again, like, and I, and I know we're going to move on. So but the I, issue that I have without going through the whole data, because in this space, in the probably hour to two hours that I've been in, I know CanCon, I, I can pass it to you after this. I, I've heard... Cartels pay Democratic Party uh, significant portions of Arizona state leadership, the Sinaloa cartel specifically, which, okay, like, not going to go into that. And then the second one is Chile through the U.N., because you said, quote, they're close to the U.N., which, again, what do you mean by that? And then it's like, well, Cindy McCain, who, what, who is the director of the World Food Program, who was previously the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. On the, and that specific aspect of it, and then was nominated by Joe Biden to be the uh, through the U.N. to be you know the the World Food Program executive director. But like the, like the only connection that Chile has in any way, shape, or form to the U.N. is the former prime minister of Chile. By the way, the secretary general of the U.N. right now was the former prime minister of Portugal. Like, why don't we just throw Portugal at? It's like, it's so I think, I think you're kind of missing. I think we're kind of missing the point there. And I, I appreciate Jonathan and his research and all that. But the reality is, so the overarching all sounds of that is this was also found in 2020 is, you know, we had our election companies come out and say things aren't connected to the Internet. And a lot of people that are technical professionals did some digging and found some holes and exposure and interesting traffic related to voter registration rolls and machines. So that's kind of. That's kind of the whole point there. I don't want to take up too much time, but I also don't want to miss the point of, you know, the research being done on that front. We can name, you know, Venezuela and programmers in Chile and where these things reside. But at the end of the day, the point is it's very hard to understand how they work and telling us that they're not vulnerable when they haven't even done penetration testing last, you know, after this new 2.0 upgrade from, you know, the Elections Commission is a little disingenuous. We're very confused on how they work, what they're connected to, and who can talk to them. That's kind of the overall point. And I saw Clay unmuted. I, I'm sorry, I didn't I, want to talk over Yeah, you. I want to get wanna Clay support. a mic. I want to get – so make sure – he was asking for a mic, so that's all I want to say. Go ahead, Nate. I, I want to support 
um, call Charles's point. I, I think sometimes you get so much junk when with this election stuff that you kind of miss the real stuff because right before the 2020 election pbs did a whole series like a four or five part series about how bad dominion voting systems were and specifically georgia now you can go to there you can go to that there um that series is actually still on their youtube page right now and they showed how they were able to flip votes how the system was not secure how there were lawsuits to show that the dominion machines in georgia had some real vulnerabilities and they and people were afraid that these vulnerabilities would uh, would um, manifest themselves in the 2020 presidential election that is pbs that's a left <laughs> very left leaning and they also talked about the dominion machines in other states and why some states were moving away from dominion machines so i think there's a there's some real issues when it comes to the voting machines and the voting process but i think when we start talking about all this other stuff it kind of it kind of it, it, it takes us away from, I think, some of the more legitimate concerns that are actually there. And, and again, I, I, I'm not saying my proof is not dead, drag out, but PBS did a four or five part series on how bad Dominion voting machines, and they sound the alarm. And in the, at the end of that series, they said something like, if by voting on a Dominion voting machine is like flying an airplane without a pilot, eventually it's going to crash. And that's, again, that's left-leaning PBS. So I, I think if we're going to talk about the election, and again, I, I don't believe the election was stolen, but I do think there are real major issues with the voting process that we should investigate and we should change to make sure that people are more confident in the elections going forward. I agree. Guys, we, are, we are about to um, wrap up, so I do appreciate everybody coming. I'm sure we're going to have many more conversations about this, many more conversations about the election, many more conversations about when this uh, Carrie Lake most likely appeals because as far as I know, uh, Tira, I don't know if you know, but she was meant to appeal by if she was going to appeal. By Wednesday, Thursday, wasn't that it? It was meant to be Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're past that, are we? So one assumes she's appealed, but do we have any information on that? Wait, isn't today Tuesday? Am I totally confused? It is. It is Tuesday. Yeah, oh, so sorry, we still have time, tomorrow. Suleiman. Phew. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's Wednesday. He's in the UK, guys. forgive him. I'm, yeah, yeah, apologies, but. Oh, sorry. Good. Okay, so she has till she has till today here in America. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and tomorrow we're going to be doing a space. Most likely, uh, it's most likely going to be on Ron DeSantis because he is going to be announcing his presidency uh, for. Uh, no, not his presidency. His run for the presidency. You can't just announce presidency. <laughs> thanks, Tira. That's what I meant. Sorry, he's he's announcing his. Thanks, Tira. I'm glad you're here. Uh, so he is announcing his run for presidency for the Republican uh, nomination uh, in an attempt to try and win it. So and he'll be doing that on Twitter spaces with Elon Musk and, and a few others. So we will be having a space. So check our space out um, um, and we'll see what everybody's view is on what was said on that, how well that space goes and what our thoughts are on it. But, yeah, I do appreciate you joining. We had a huge amount of viewers. We had really good conversation. Um I think the Carrie Lake. I mean, there was really good arguments on both sides, but let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what how Carrie where Carrie Lake takes this because it's clear she's going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. And I guess the argument from the other side is that in, her application in terms of the specific points of law may not be accepted. So that's going to be a good yeah, point to check if her application for point of law is accepted. And if it is, and it does go to the Supreme Court, then she may have a strong chance because we have got a, quite a few Republican justices on the Supreme Court, although maybe not all of them are pro-Trump. Um, so
But yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for the. Mo- see you next time. I mean, also, what did you think about this space? Why this ending? <laughs> yeah, we're all just waiting for Mario to